Michael Tidwell and Michael B. Casey. Block time. It's Michael Tidwell and this is this is Michael B. Casey. Thank this you. Is, and this is block time. And we're joined again with our, our semi permanent guest host. I would yeah, <laughs> I, w- I would say almost like permanent. Pretty much. He's um, a fixture. So we have Chris Kleeschult here. Cletus. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me on again. <laughs> no problem. Uh, you add a lot of technical value to this, and uh, we really appreciate it. So this kind of Mike in space. If you're listening, we need a new intro to include uh, Chris Kleeschult, or you can just call him Cletus in the intro. So uh, yeah, uh, be careful what you ask for. Yeah, <laughs> Mike in space. Yeah. He's content heavy man. So he's already got like five or six things on his agenda for content. Dude, he's, he's, he's too busy now. He's big time now with uh, Bitcoin Car Talk. He's way too busy for us now. Oh, man. he's He's got a lot of stuff in the pipeline that you probably don't even know about. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I'm not in the know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you know anything about what we're talking about with Cletus? No, I don't. So have you ever watched Bitcoin Car Talk? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, we shouldn't... Yeah. Uh, do you want to play it now, or just which one do you want to well, do? Well, they're they're only like a minute long. Which one oh, do you, you know, do? I have, yeah, oh, okay. I have watched it, yeah. Okay, I was about to just. I've play only one. watched a, a one one or so, so. I don't. So if if you're listening and you haven't heard Bitcoin Car Talk, it's one minute shorts, pretty much, and they're kind of funny. They're pretty funny. Yeah, they're definitely the best the best uh, coverage of the Bitcoin space by date, you know. Right. Are as they doing daily, seen. or does he do them weekly, or something like that? He does them whenever the hell he wants. Okay. It's it's not on a set schedule. His wife doesn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like the funniest thing. He's always like, "Guys, my wife can't find out about this," which makes it even funnier. Yeah. So, um, what what did we want to talk about? We have a couple items on the agenda. Do we want to talk about anything specific first? Um, we no, had let's just go through. You, you know, since we've talked. Just in general in the space, altcoins have pumped like crazy. So yeah. we haven't actually done a podcast since the the pumping. The pumping, yeah. The pumping, yeah. And so they like, haven't they haven't dumped back like well, people. I know. Some, I would, some of them came back down from the high, but not like dump. So, yeah. So like some notable ones. Do you mind if we just look at Coin Market Cap real quick? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah okay. if you don't mention Ripple. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Ripple's my favorite. That's my uh. It's uh oh. I, I, Bitcoin Meister is uh, on this show. It's like KYC coin. That's oh, okay. what that's what they're calling it. It's okay. kind of fun. Adam Meister, that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just a quick as, aside, uh, I've actually started listening to uh, to his his. He does he does like a thing daily. I listen to like at first I didn't really like him. That's it starts out like this with everyone. At first I don't like him, and then I'm like, ah, eh, he's all right. He just puts out so much content. Yeah, and you're like well, I, I, you know, this guy is—he's consistent. He's, right? he's at least, yeah. Well, I start out like not liking, like I didn't like BU at for or Bitcoin uncensored at first, and I listened to him and listened to him. Uh, okay, they're good. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly say that much. Daily, he puts out daily material. Oh yeah, he I does, don't. Yeah. Well, put it this way, I don't listen to him daily. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, granted, it, a lot of it's repeat kind of information. But anyway, so. Oh, we're looking so at coin market cap five, right now. I mean, take out Ripple because it's not a cryptocurrency. <laughs> but you got uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Dash. So Litecoin's easy. That's easy. the SegWit uh, activation is pretty much the speculation pump on that, right? Yep. I mean. Yeah, it's the SegWit activation. Yep. Dash kind of came out of nowhere. And I'm not really sure what happened with Dash. But if you think about, I was thinking about Dash 
it's meant to pump, especially well, with it's the designed master. To. It's it's I mean. it's dash is designed to pump really hard because of the master node setup. Well, yeah, right? they they lock it in. So so it's if you if you lock in money, it's like proof of state. If you lock it in for a profit, there's less liquidity, less you know they become scarcer. Yeah. What so what do you what do you think about dash pumping? Any reason or? Well, I was called. I was openly called an idiot at work because I was a um, a dash supporter and and people were saying, oh well, yeah, obviously it's it's going up to a hundred, but it's going to crash down to almost zero. Well, and now and now you know, okay, well when that when is that going to happen? So okay, funny. that's that's so funny that you're like the only dash lover at BitPay. I'm pretty sure. Well, what's yeah. what's hilarious <laughs> is is to hear everybody say that, and everybody was saying the same thing for like five years about Bitcoin, the exact same thing. Like, oh yeah, it's up, but it's gonna crash all the way down. So, the no, it's not. So what do you, you think know? about what do you think about like the classic argument of like I I don't know. I would just call this the DeRose or the Bitcoin uncensored argument of well, it doesn't have. It's taking some of that mining power away, putting it towards uh. You know how they do like forty percent or something towards the master node. Yeah, reward? I've never bought that argument. Like uh, it could because they could have sixty percent less mining, or the the price could drop by sixty percent, and it's the same effect. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's arbitrary. <laughs> yeah. As long as you are at least X secure, you're you're okay. If anybody was going to hack it, they would hack it. <laughs> you know, if any if anybody well, would well attack, you know they, you know it's attack, funny. You, you know, yeah, you know it's funny is like they always say. Well, the the funny part. Well, I wouldn't want to use a coin that would only take fifteen thousand or twenty thousand dollars a day to compromise. Well, that's actually might be enough for for a project like that, even even if it was so small. Well, yeah, I mean, in in I don't know. So that's that's the thing is, what do you get by compromising it? What what what, what do you get? Do I mean, you I make mean, profit somehow? I mean, <laughs> well, you you sabotage the network. If yeah, that's, if that, if oh, that's, that's in your very incentive. profitable action to spend fifteen thousand dollars on. Well, if you're if you're big on Bitcoin, then it would be it why? might be profitable why? for you to sabotage if another. You're, if you're big on Bitcoin, why would you give a shit about Dash? Honestly, I mean, yeah, I mean, I just if you're gonna go that route, DDoS masternodes. That's what you do. It's way right, cheaper. Right. <laughs> what I, what I'm saying is people. People look at the drop from like 100 down to 70, and they say, "Look, it, it dropped 30 percent in you know a matter of a day or, or even doing less the than same a day." It's that- like, okay, well, you're the same person who had to adjust their idea from dumping back 30 percent to you know your original idea was is going to dump back to zero. <laughs> so okay, so you're now you're just like you know you're happy with your you know partial. Uh, truth of dumping only thirty percent so, back or whatever. So hold like, on, okay, yeah. Well. So so if 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 the rate was dropped down from a hundred percent to forty percent for the miners, and the price then went up five x, which it did, you're still making more money as a miner, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, are we? So the funny here's another f- funny part: is the only measure of success for a cryptocurrency the market cap and the value of the no, coin? No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. No, that's, look. that's what everyone does. Like, I feel like when they try to like well, there's prove also, things there's wrong, there's also right? hash rate, but yeah, there, there's hash rate. But look at so people claim Dash is a scam, but listen, I've met Evan Duffield in person. I've talked to the people that are principals in that in the, that organization. They don't obviously, you know, they don't seem like you know scammers and they're actually producing code that you can review it's open source and all that so you know whether it's a scam or not i can't tell you 100 percent. nobody can say that but i'm just saying that you know when you're looking at whether a altcoin is valuable or not you got to look at different metrics like do are they producing value 
for their, you know, for their customers, which, you know, they are. And are they producing results? You know, Litecoin hasn't done anything. Litecoin and then all of a sudden, nothing. you know, they, had, they hadn't done anything for like over a year. They didn't put one thing of code, you know, one line of code in there. And all of a sudden, they just updated for SegWit. And all of a sudden, you know, they, you know that, that's supposed to deliver value, I guess. I don't know. I just look at, are they producing code and are they producing new new ideas and new value and that kind of thing? So you would say Litecoin is more of a scam than Dash? At this point, yeah. Okay. And that's and, and you're basing a lot of that off of how much effort developers are putting into the code base. Yeah, they're de- yeah, they're, the ecosystem is active and there's lots of people uh, experimenting and doing things. And that's that should be a measure of, you know, whether or not something is is worthwhile and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even call it a scam. It's just a, you know, not necessarily a great investment. <laughs> I mean, cuz the only thing right now Litecoin's got going for it is SegWit. Like other than that, it's 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 an old clone of Bitcoin with a couple of parameters changed. Basically, right? Right. There's not there's not a whole lot to it. it. Doesn't but it doesn't necessarily have to be. I'm just saying that Dash, you can look at what they're producing and you can say, okay, well I value that or I don't value that. And if you don't value that's fine. But at least they're doing something putting it out there and allowing allowing people to, to so look know, at it. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but Litecoin wasn't actually a fork of Bitcoin originally. It was a fork of Tenebricks, which was a fork of Bitcoin. So I don't know much about Tenebricks. Would you want to give a brief? It was, it was the first script mining coin. So it was a script mining coin before Litecoin. And, um, and, and yeah, so, so Charlie Lee didn't even implement script mining. It was already in the thing he forked. Charlie Lee is a secret gen- uh, lazy genius, I think. I mean, you know, that's if, how he, if at he least... kept a little bit of his Litecoin, I'm sure he's freaking loaded <laughs> that's by how, now. That's how he appears, at least. It's the number four crypto right now by market cap. It's insanely huge. So let me ask you a question about uh, Dash with this masternode setup. Let's say that it does turn out that, you know, having these staked nodes is the way to go with uh, governance and cryptocurrency and whatever. And it turns out that, you know, having masternodes actually isn't necessarily a bad idea kind of idea would you see because i can definitely see ethereum doing this in the future especially with like a master node kind of uh, system of sharding uh processing but what do you think about bitcoin ever adopting this kind of idea it definitely has drawbacks i mean it's not without without its uh with limitations right because it's you know, it's obviously a federated system. Yeah, so it's, it's a centralizing it's, force. So I don't know if it's right for Bitcoin. I think it's 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 right in the in the marketplace of ideas, right? So I like I like that it can compete alongside of Bitcoin and Litecoin and that kind of thing. I like that they've differentiated themselves, right? They're not just another just an also ran. Like if you you change, okay, what did Litecoin change? They changed the proof of work algorithm and all that. They changed the metric of the you know, the block time. And that's about it, right? That's not enough differentiation for me. God, they to changed really... the coin supply too. Well, that's, 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 <laughs> there's uh, there's four yeah. times as many like coins. Right. They changed the, they, well, they changed the, the, the target of when blocks are found and, and they didn't change the reward. So therefore, yeah. you, know, you get a, a so, so in increase. other words, for you to have a legitimate project, it seems like you have to have something specific that makes you stand out or at least enough differentiation between you know other projects and then the other part is active development those are like two real key features for you yeah and then i look and then you can look at the active development and you can evaluate that right or you can ask somebody that you trust like you know michael k 
education here to mm-hmm. look at the development and you can say, hey, is this good? Is this bad? Are they, do these people know what they're doing? Because that's how the BU crowd was honestly found out to be frauds because they don't know what they're doing. Like you can look at their co- oh, and that's so why- we're we're jumping right into oh, Bitcoin sorry. Unlimited uh, no. or fraudsters, huh? Well, no, no, I, I like this. Let's, I mean, let's, I, I, we can talk I about that say fraud, but <laughs> no, yeah. they just they don't know what they're doing just yet. Uh, they might they might know what they're doing eventually, but they've taken their 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 show behind closed doors. So well, they they don't really have a show anymore. They they split up. They got two separate shows. Now Roger, now. so Roger Veer made an interesting tweet uh today i know we 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 said we we're going to talk about uh all these coins that nah, we're pumping but uh let's because it came up let's uh look at roger beer's twitter real quick because a couple hours ago oh he might delete it damn it what was it what was it, it was well, there, oh no it's right here isn't right there here. people who no, no, it's right here. isn't there people who index deleted tweets and all that you can, there should you can be. search well i know there is because people he didn't delete it all right what I, I'm, it? Not, I'm not saying he, he deletes stuff i'm just saying i thought maybe it all right that was like just Bitcoin. Per- say it for the audience, dude. Bitcoin Unlimited is production ready. It's already producing forty percent of all the blocks, more than any other version of Bitcoin. So, so it's, right. So it, so is, so from a naive it? person, this was, was today. Uh, was today, today, twenty second April. So so from an out like let's say a naive non technical outsider looking at this, it would appear that you know from Roger Veer's perspective at least they know what they're doing technically and all that. And no, the uh, the forty percent that's being mined is not being mined with BU code. It's being mined with core code that is being that is signaling uh, separately for you. You, know, you realize how confusing this is when he says Bitcoin Unlimited is production ready. It's produce. It's already producing forty percent of the blocks. I'm just saying, like that. <laughs> that's not very straightforward. Then. Well, yeah, yeah. it's. Just, I don't think so. It's, these are it's just core nodes signaling yes. BU, right? Because or, or, we know that yeah. because when they had their big bug a few weeks ago, or maybe more than a month ago, <gasps> that uh, strangely, uh, not all the BU, <laughs> not all the BU nodes got knocked offline. Well, why is that? Because they weren't running BU code. They're signaling for. They're just simply signaling for that. Now, people that are signaling for BU. Would there be other reasons that they would be signaling BU, like maybe, like not direct reasons? Like, I'm I'm just wondering, like, or I mean, like, like if they're running like core nodes, yeah, like keeping the price low for you know something. I don't see what any reason that would incentivize them to do that, um, because there's I'm, probably plenty of people right now that don't want the price to pump. Yeah, if you have short positions. Uh, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but do you think the miners maybe, have yeah. short positions? I mean, it, they, they people yeah. have every every uh, scheme going you can imagine. I'm sure yeah, everybody true. wants certain things, and they they're going to try to do whatever they can to I, make that happen. So, so I would imagine if this controversy of you know like BU and Segwit and all this stuff passes over, and like we're using Segwit and we're now working on like beta payment channels and stuff, I would imagine Bitcoin price like doubling pretty quick. Like that's just me being like over like a like course of a month. Mm-hmm. And and I would imagine if you don't if to me it's obvious that the price would pump if all this went away and we started working on Segway and yeah. payment channels and stuff. And the fact that you wouldn't want that would make me feel like you would have maybe like a short position or you have to like yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, you, the people, even miners, are not immune to trying to manipulate the market so that they can get, you know, things in their favor, so get conditions to where they want them. 
So look, look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin's at sitting at what, around twelve fifty. That one says twelve thirty five. But around there, most exchanges. But the big news with Bitcoin and the Bitcoin price is the Bitfinex split, and I think BTC too. I'm not sure what they're at, but um, so that's one of the big things. Is do you think, Chris, Mike, do you think uh, Bitfinex is pulling a gox? Are, are we yes, watching I it do. happening in slow motion right I now? Do. I, I don't. Do. I, so I don't know enough. I do know what they are saying publicly, like, hey, guys, everything's fine. We're just having banking sure issues. Sure it is. Yeah, well, that's exactly what Gox said. <laughs> but, exactly. Well, <laughs> We've been around long enough. We've heard this happen well, I, I, I would, I would just say, like, I know what's... I know it is hard to bank after we had that Bitcoin ATM uh, panel. Right, but this so, is different. They've been successfully banking for, for four years, and they were cut off by Wells Fargo, attempted to sue Wells Fargo, the backed up from the lawsuit, and now they're cut off by any bank dealing in USD. Which means the feds told the banks, don't deal with this company. So, I mean, to me, that sounds like they would have legitimate uh, banking issues. Well, yeah, no, there but are legitimate would, banking issues, but, but, but that's the would beginning that make of them the insolvent? end. Well, it very well could be. I mean, so Gox, Gox also, they had a problem too because uh, the U.S. government actually froze like five plus million dollars of their, their operating capital. But so Bitfinex doesn't have that, but. They supposedly paid back all of their members with the B BFX tokens, but right now there's no way to get U.S. dollars out of them. Literally, if you have U.S. dollars out... Can't you just buy the Bitcoin and yes, then transfer the Bitcoin? Yes, you can, but that's why the price of uh, Bitfinex so fucking right high. now... Uh, yeah, because it's artificial. I'm glad, I'm glad Mike Casey's here to explain exactly stuff to me. Which is exactly what happened with Gox. <laughs> exactly. We've been a, a, you were there, right? I mean... Oh, you, well, hold on, was hold a on. Baby. I was a baby in 2013, dude. I was... So so it took me until 2014 after the massive crash like to like you know 200 bucks you know, or you know like all right I'll just put it this way my experience in bitcoin was my first 6 months was I was trying to prove pro like in my head like bitcoin wouldn't work so I spent most of 2013 thinking that this was a bubble and it wasn't necessarily a good idea and then when I started really wrapping my head around uh some of these fundamental ideas of like how mining works how uh, bitcoins are issued, stuff like because because when you first learn about Bitcoin, you you don't understand like yeah, the double spend problem. You don't un, you've never even heard like the Byzantine Empire's problems or yeah you know, whatever. I don't even yeah, know what it's called now. You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the more and more and more I learned, I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. So yeah, thirteen forty four. So, yeah, so we're over hundred dollars over roughly uh, from the Bitfinex price to the rest of the market. That's right, significant. So, you know, Mike Casey here and I we. We see we see this playing out almost exactly the way Gox went down, almost to the. I so, mean, we we even the notices coming up from even the the language that they're saying in their press releases so, is almost identical. So are we about to see like a a page that says uh, when you go to Bitfinex website, it'll just say, uh, "Guys, we're temporarily." Oh uh, no! You'll no, see no, like a be, four four error. <laughs> no, no. Well, the next thing, okay. So where we are is the next thing that'll happen is they'll put up an apology. Like on their front page, like Gox did. Remember, they had that big apology. They had oh, two yeah. rounds of the apology. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're in the. We haven't got to the first round of the apology yet, and then we'll. So we'll probably have two of those, and then uh, one day it'll just be like this page cannot be displayed. Well, there's also rampant <laughs> speculation. I mean, because the hack that they had, you know, I mean, it's been speculated. I mean, I have no idea if it's true or not. But that that was like an inside job of those guys. And they, it, it very well could have been. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, they, they could have said, got... oh, whoopsie, someone hacked our shit. Always. You know, like, well, they, okay. So... I've heard someone say a lot of, a lot of hacks are inside jobs. Exactly. Well, yeah. Most of them. Like, the, like the FBI says the 80%. The Dow hack. 
probably like all these fucking hats. Rest in may rest in peace. <laughs> right. So here, here's the thing. Oh, so if it wasn't an inside job, they would have a detailed breakdown of people entering their system. They would have. They would probably show like lots of stuff in there. So to, probably to try happened. to put a bounty on the hacker. That's because yeah, that's what would. I mean. I've I've seen that for other people when when a hacker comes in and they're like, hey guys, these are the IP addresses that they yeah. came in through or yeah. whatever. If you know anything, like See, what's so funny and is the bounty our, is the amount that they stole, right? I I don't know. So I, I remember the last time we were talking. Not the last time. I don't know if it was the last time, but but we were sitting here, you and I, Chris, and we were like. Man, it's so great to see BitFedEx actually yeah. paid back their customers. I didn't think they were going to. When was and this? This was like this was like two episodes ago or something. We oh, were this talking was like about a, we two were months like, ago. Yeah, it was like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, we were talking about how wow, I never would have thought it actually would have happened, and here we are today saying, oh yeah, they're screwed. And if you got yeah. money in there, get it out now. Yeah, get it out. <laughs> Because here's here's the thing. Even if you take a loss, sell it, buying it high, right, it's because, better to get it out. You don't want to be okay. a bag holder. Yeah, here's the the common narrative around where I work is that what happened was is they knew exactly what was going to happen. So they're gonna they're gonna report the loss, they're, the the theft of the Bitcoin immediately. A token would be initiated or be issued. They're gonna do that again. The the BFX <laughs> to, whatever they call it, what was that the BFX token? Yeah, Wait, BFX. No, they I'm weren't. Sorry, they weren't hacked again. They weren't no, hacked no, no. again. So the, no, this is how the hack played out. Okay, so oh, the the original it, one, yeah. right? It doesn't, oh, okay. and it doesn't matter if it's an inside job or not. So the hacked, ha- you know, the Bitcoin went missing, right? Yeah. Okay, so then they issued this BFX token. They immediately went to some lending partner. It could have been a loan shark. It could have been their partners already, and said, "We just need a bridge loan so we can buy back um, all of our debt on pennies on the dollar." Right. So they bought back their own debt. At five cents on the dollar, right? Because that was the well. Because a lot of people sold their tokens. Yeah, right. yeah. So and no a lot wonder of people they're... speculate on those tokens and bought them low too. Well, a lot of people no, did no, that with they did coins too. No, they I'm did. saying, I'm saying, I was listening to people from Whale Club, uh, and they bought the tokens when they were really cheap as well. Well, it's a free market asset; yeah, anybody right. could buy. And you know what? They could have been totally wrong though, and they still might be, depending on if they they're right. still holding on to them. <laughs> so they took a bridge loan so that they could basically start paying people back, start buying back. Like all of their all of their debt, and they could do that, and then to boot, and then this is their exit scam. It basically, it's very convenient that basically when they've made good, you know, in air quotes, that they're now per- perpetrating a, an exit scam with all the proceeds that they made when so, they when these things got stolen. It doesn't matter how they well, got stolen. Uh, another but- thing about those tokens or uh, the Bitfinexes, I heard everyone got like a thirty percent haircut on their accounts. Well, no, they were going to do that initially. That was their initial Oh, they never plan. did that? Oh, no, because, dude, they so, would have So they gotten... just did the tokens. So I forget, no. How I thought they did both. Out? How did they play out? Because, like, there was a huge stink about that, the 30% haircut. I thought they did both. I thought they did the token uh I had stuff. no money in the exchange. So, so I, I, thought, I thought what they did was they took a 30% pay cut, and then they gave you tokens. And then you could either sell the tokens. Yeah, they ended up doing a thirty percent haircut yeah. across the board versus because it was several okay, I know accounts I'm not crazy. that were stolen from. You're right. You're right because they they were initially saying nothing, and it was just if you if you lost your coin, oh well, you know. <laughs> I mean, do we know where these? Okay, so do they ever release what uh, Bitcoin addresses that uh, these things? So we could so the public could track these things. I mean, we could look it up right now, but I I rather not. No, I, I know, but I'm, I'm saying. Like, I mean, this. you could probably okay. You could probably figure it out because they were sitting in Bitco multi-sig addresses. So if you saw a shit ton of multi-sig activity at that time, those are probably all. of Well, them. they they probably wouldn't do that. They would probably space it out. And, no, well, I mean, like the the hack. I think all was right. Like a you one made day me want to Google event, it. I think, but 
I forget. It was a while ago, wasn't it? When they made a wallet.dat file for all the addresses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you made me interested. I just wanted to... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's go back. Okay, so these addresses, I guess, these transactions. Right. So all these... All the, okay. Holy shit, there's like how many... Two thousand one thousand two hundred seventeen no, no, bitcoins. Two two thousand seventy three. Yeah, but look at this third last transaction. It's twelve hundred bitcoins. Where do you see that? Uh twenty twenty uh seventeen bitcoin. That's that's a huge <laughs> huge transaction right there. Why am I that's, oh, a, that's a bad day for somebody. Alright, so alright, so for people listening, we just literally Googled like Bitfinex compromised fraud addresses or whatever. All right. Anyway. Well, see, and that's the thing, though, is those addresses Bitfinex still... theft connected addresses. Okay. So, so, and I know, I know they were on the move at one point because I remember seeing some chatter about that. That some of the funds that were stolen initially that have been sitting there, they started moving again. And I, I don't know if they even made it onto an exchange. I mean, I, I, I bet you there's like a, you know, like the, what was it? It was like a DC Universe. It's like the Justice League or whatever. It's like shapeshift the exchanges all get together and be like through our powers combined we will figure out who this hacker is you know <laughs> it's like it's Eric, planet no but you know what i'm saying like i'm, I'm merging <laughs> some of these ideas but like <laughs> some of these super <laughs> childhood superheroes but it's like um i bet you like eric Voorhees and uh all these uh you know exchanges like have like this group chat somehow and they're so, like all right guys we're going to figure out who so owns yeah, this address if, if i if i remember correctly i think they were using shapeshift and I well think actually even Poloniex shapeshift, shapeshift doesn't have a doesn't have a account system so well, yeah they, they were using just, xmr well yeah but you can still see the bitcoin flow from that address he can too. he can probably red flag or you know blacklist uh certain addresses so. i know they were trying to buy some monero to wash it with um, but that's that's like a lot of coin to watch. Yeah, that's like Shapeshift has pretty low uh, volumes on some of those altcoins. Like you can't you can't there's not you would take you forever to like wash it through Dash or Monero or something like All that. Right. You just need a bot and some time. But <laughs> but no, they would flag it eventually if if you. No, were. I think I think what's I think they had so much demand for OTC Bitcoin, right off the order book books Bitcoin. That they're like, oh well, you know, we can we can launder this, or we can sell this off pretty easy, and get and you know get you want or whatever. So I mean, this this speaks a lot though, because right now we still don't have uh, fungibility in Bitcoin, so we still kind of can trace this stuff. We still can see, hey, did these hack coins did they move? We can tell that right now. Is it? Do we like that or do we not like well, that? Well, see, that's the <laughs> thing. Because I'm kind of mixed. That's what I'm saying. So so you know, the goal is always to make you know, Bitcoin, a perfectly fungible currency. But if you do that, this is gone. I mean, it's just like, oh, it's gone. It's gone. It's, it's, it's gone. just like cash. Yeah. It's like dollar bills. But, but wouldn't you say that's like Monero? Yeah. Monero, Monero I would say, is pretty fungible. Yeah. Or a private send. What, 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 do, what do you, in your preference, what's more secure, a private send dash or a Monero transaction? Well, you heard Please. about Monero, uh, people saying that they can they can sort of unroll certain aspects of Monero this no. week, right? Well, yeah, that was, that. That, you know, I'm sure it was Zcash funded, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the claims are a little bit dubious, but Monero has, with the ring signatures, it's probably the best of breed in terms of fungibility. So I'd prefer that, but I mean, the, the it, it's, it's going to be really hard to tell where even, you can even make Bitcoin fungible if you try hard enough. Right, but, but it isn't right now. Well, um, you can have apps that probably help you 
a well, complete ring CT. That's not part of the protocol, right? No, the best thing you can do on Bitcoin right now is coin join, right? That's and, yeah. Well, I guess you can't I guess do I like guess a you're... tumble bit. Uh, if if we get seg segwit or another so TV so, so I guess fix. what I was getting at is coin join obviously isn't part of the protocol, but if you do coin join, aren't you essentially accomplishing the same kind of obscurity coin... that ring signatures? No, give coin you? join is the way Dash works. Dash is coin join in the protocol. There is no coin join in Monero. It's not not a thing. But it, well, so uh, so Ring CT would give you more security than coin join by far. Well, what? so it's not just Ring CT because remember, there's actually three security measures in Monero nowadays. There's Ring CT and that covers the sending transaction. But that that it is accurate to say that Ring CT alone can be pretty compromised. It's possible to compromise that. But just through Cybor, right? No, no, no. What it is is. Um, it's pretty easy to tell because if you if you have the three transactions and you just assume the most recent input is the one that went out, it's like eighty percent of the time going to be correct. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily, but you know it's the law of averages. It makes it pretty easy to guess which one. Well, I think the point is is what we don't want to see is we don't want to see coins being. Uh, blacklisted, whitelisted, whatever. Right. right we don't exactly. Wanna, we don't want somebody to go to Coinbase, for example, and say, you know, some government agency saying you cannot accept, uh, you cannot accept coins from this criteria, and they might give you a, they might give you some kind of ISIS coins, right? Coins, I, re, coins linked to ISIS. Right. Are, it's kind of like I, I look at it like bad IP addresses, right? Like if you if you get like if you get an, this is this is a. a a pointer to anybody who who uses VMs or uses a, a virtual, you know, they go out to like Vulture or something and grab a virtual machine. They could give, they're going to give you their crappiest IP address. Oh, thank you. That, um, that's been used for God knows what, right? So when you go and you try to do business with it, like through, uh, especially through CDNs like Akamai or Cloudflare, they're just going to be like, oh no, this thing is like, <laughs> this thing is like no good. Like yeah. we're not letting this IP through. That's and so, yeah. so that's the, that's the deal. That's definitely is that, that's definitely how they block a lot of. Uh, they they have a, probably have a lot of fire rules based on that. They uh, do, kind of they stuff. do. Yeah, I've had yeah. so many complaints from people saying, uh, uh, "Cloudflare is blocking me." It's like, well, okay, take it up with Cloudflare. And so, then they go, "Well, I did," and they said that you know, they said that uh, their policy doesn't allow this through, and they won't tell me why. It's like, well, then go back to your hosting provider and give me a give me a good IP address, you know. Don't give me your worst like IP address that, that some scammer had last time. So speaking of uh, lack of fungibility, so so are you aware of Taint as a property? Bitcoin Taint. I I, I think I know Taint where quite. the Taint is. Yeah, Taint quite. You're Taint quite there. But uh, um, but uh, so so Taint is essentially if you Taint all coins, all coins aren't tainted. Essentially, no, no, right? no. So so Taint's a percentage measure. So you can say a coin is X percent tainted. So say if you have, and it's it's tainted by other coin. So um, so say like we have the the Bitfinex hack coins, and then you have an address, and, and that address is now one hundred percent tainted by the Bitfinex hack, right? So then you um, you take the coins, and then you split them, and you send them to an address where it receives an input from that, and a different address that is not tainted by the Bitfinex inputs, and it does. 50-50 between those, the resulting output is now 50% tainted by the Bitfinex hack. Or, I mean, some people could look at that as both are 
hundred percent tainted. Well, no, but Depends, I mean, th- right? there's a measure that they actually do on block explorers that, that is a taint percentage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like how related transactions are. Yeah. Well, so, so it's, it's because remember it's, it's all, there are no bitcoins. There's only unspent transaction outputs and it depends on what their source is. So you say, okay, if you put 50% untainted coins and then 50% tainted coins, then the total amount of coin that is the output is now 50% tainted. I feel, I feel so like that needs to be a t-shirt. Like, there are no Bitcoins. Like, Morpheus on it. <laughs> what if I told you there were no Bitcoins? Yeah, it's kind of a weird concept to get your head around, wrapped around, is, yeah, is the fact that it's just unspent transaction outputs. There are no coins, per se. Well, I mean... Th- that it really resonates when you try to figure out like transaction fees and when you're sending like and you need multiple inputs, the understanding that really comes in handy. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't we don't have a good we don't have a good view of what certain people thinks, you know, certain coins are tainted. They they don't make that known to you for obvious reasons, right? It's not like the I mean we have these watch lists and stuff you can query the federal government for like who's you know, who can you not do business with, right? But we don't have like, there's no API endpoint that you can hit and say, you know, you know what UTXOs are are off limits, right? I'm sure that's coming though. So, uh, right. So this tells me we're in early days still because still if they were going to hit anybody, they would hit BitPay. You know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you cannot take these. You I know? know. And I've asked Stephen Pair. I've said, hey, listen, if the if the FBI or somebody comes to you and says uh, they hand you a list or something, or something like that, you know, are you going to tell us? Are you going to tell the the general public it depends on that. the court order. What, what if what if it. he's told that you can't tell anybody? Well, then you can't tell anybody. Well, so does big does so BitPay so, have, so, so you does need a, have a canary? No, what, they no, don't. They don't. Right, right, I've asked for that too. Right, right now, right now, uh, you need to go to Stephen Pear and be like, "Look, Stephen, if the FBI ever comes to you and I ask you this question, let's like set up this wink protocol so you can just wink at me. If right. you know, and he doesn't have to like." You know, well, say they, yes or no. they should. We should have a, a canary page. Can you right? can you explain the canary stuff? Because when I think yeah, of right. a canary, I think of like you're so, you're making bitcoins available to be hacked. No, 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 no. So explain no, no, what no, you're talking no, about. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. So canary is is a legal term, and what it is. So the government they can they can put a a a, a gag order on you. So a judge they can you know they say it's a gag order. You are explicitly explicitly prohibited. Of saying that you're under investigation or anybody's under investigation sure, sure, for this thing. Sure. So what they can't do is they can't make you lie. They can make you not say anything, but they cannot force you to lie. So what you do is you put a canary statement saying, We are under no no court order uh. gags right now. And then, you know, so so what happens is you if you become under a gag, you just remove the statement. You're not saying okay, anything, okay, okay. you just remove I, the statement. I was thinking that you're gonna anymore. I was thinking you're gonna say that. I'm go, um I think that's pretty smart. So why so the fact that he doesn't want to do that. Makes me think that you're already investigating. Yeah, possibly. It's <laughs> possible. But, but. Stephen's like, no, that's not a good idea. I doubt it. I mean, we it's a small company, and we we would probably know if that happened. gossip, 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 gossip. He would have to hand code it himself to do that because we're the guys that code out everything in the company. So he would have to do it all himself Whoa. if he wanted to keep it under wraps. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, he would is, have to enlist. Is Stephen Perry coder? Is yeah, he, yeah. I know he graduated from Georgia Tech. Yeah, but just like a lot of people, if you don't use those skills, they atrophy really fast. So tell me about it. Three years, four years, you're you're toast. Yeah. So seriously, and he he he, long yeah, time he gone. forgets. <laughs> like he he'll try to do some stuff, and it'll take him a lot longer than than the us 
because he'll be like, oh, I forgot how to do this. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's me like every day at work. <laughs> I have to like, you know, Google stuff. But you have, but you, your skills are, you know, your muscles are repped, right? Yes. There you go. Let's, at least I'll say that for the podcast. Um, all right, let's keep going. Yeah, I like I like the whole um, fungibility. That's my favorite topic of all of all Bitcoin because, and I talked, to, I tried to talk to Adam back about that, and when he was visiting with us, and I was like, "Can we stop talking about block size? This is like over eighteen months ago." I was like, "Can we stop talking about block size and talk about fungibility?" Well, the only way to stop like, talking about block size and start talking is to come to a freaking resolution on this. Shit. For, yeah, it's holding everything up. I mean, it just it is, is holding everything. So. Up. All right, let's let's go down the list. Let's 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 finish this up, and then we can talk about more interesting stuff. What about Ethereum Classic? That's at that's pumped to three dollars and twenty one cents. Just a quick recap for anybody listening who doesn't happen to know: Ethereum Classic is the fork after the DAO of Ethereum that is going to remain proof of work after uh, Casper is implemented on Ethereum. Everything and, and it becomes proof of stake. Well, let me ask you a question: it's Is, is there market um, cap highs? Are there people in the Ethereum core wor- world that want to fork to remain, or what? Or would they naturally go to the Ethereum Classic guys? Is that how that would work, or would we have like three? Like, I just pointed to, but we have like three Ethereum uh, forks. I, I think I think they're just going to go to Ethereum Classic. That's my guess. Okay. Wait, what are you talking about? Huh? The miners. Oh, the miners. So oh, there's, yeah, well, I'm sure there's yeah, miners yeah, yeah, yeah. that are like, yeah, I, I don't really jive with ethereum classic for well, they would other have reasons to go to classic i mean what else are they going to do because well, well cletus is saying that they would just work ethereum and make a proof of work ethereum that they could i mean that, that is also dow you know they rolled back for the dow it starts getting like really funny like i don't like you know you know if, if a historian has to like start explaining this at, at like a school like i'm imagining like a professor be like you know, like we had to learn about like World War Two and like all this stuff. Well, there was the fork of 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 twenty of twenty sixteen, the Battle of the Fork. <laughs> yeah, like, like 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 the fork of twenty sixteen, the block size war. It reminds yeah. me of the nineteen eighties when I was playing like Dungeons and Dragons, and people would just get into these bike shitting <sighs> uh, arguments about, oh, I have a level seven wizard, blah blah blah. You know, you're like you're like talking endlessly about the intricacies of like your character that absolutely means nothing. So you used you know, to play D and D, yeah. All right, back in the day, I just started. Do playing. I look like I play D and D? Of course, I, just, I play. D&D. All right, all right. Just real quick, I just started playing D and D like five weeks ago, and I play like I try to play once a week, even though I haven't been consistent with this group, and it's actually a lot of fun. It's silly. Yeah, it's it's the fun. dumbest fun game I've ever played. It is. It's fun. All right, sorry. I played all those cards. The dumbest it's, fun it, game I've ever played is crypto. But. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's. I don't know. It's almost like poker. Like, like you get like a hot, like you get like a rush from it sometimes. Uh, but D and D, you don't really get a rush from it. It's almost like, no, like it's just like you, storytelling and joking around, right? Like, or, like I, I don't think I'd ever LARP. <laughs> but this is pretty damn close to LARPing. This is as close as I'm comfortable with to LARPing. Yeah, I'm just started D and D podcast. Oh no, <laughs> hell no! I couldn't do that. I'm not that into it. But uh, once a week is. For like a couple hours is fine. So yeah, Ethereum Classic is, it's interesting. It's been, I mean, and you know, we're not basically trying to do like a market forecasting thing, but um, it's, 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 Ethereum Classic to the moon. Well, it's been low. Um, and I don't know, you never know. I, I'm curious to see what happens with Casper and the implementation of that. 
Because there could be, um, depending on how that goes, there could be some appetite for uh, you know a proof of work Ethereum to remain. Yeah. Did, so my question was, do you see, um, you know, a third uh, I competitor in the Ethereum world? I I, 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 I can't know. see it happening. Okay. I, what, what do you think? Do you think it will happen? I'm just. There's got to be some people that want to. I think they'll just go to Ethereum DAO. Classic. I don't think miners. Okay. It's, a re- it's a ready-made. So thing. so so Ben Ben has like a bunch of miners for Ethereum, and I think he's just gonna he's he's just gonna move them over Ethereum Classic when they go Casper. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So one crypto that hasn't really pumped as much as I think it should, as far as like the other pumps. Is Monero? I, I'm like really surprised this isn't like you know forty bucks a coin. It's it's weird because Monero always pumps like opposite of everything else that pumps. It's, it's so like <laughs> oh, it's so like it's a it, it's a what what do you call those? Uh, yeah, it's a counter counter cyclical pumper. I I feel <laughs> like non correlated asset, asset class. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel like uh, if you wanted to speculate on something right now, I don't know if Dash is 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 good to speculate on because i don't really see it like doubling like or anything like that but i feel i feel like monero still has a chance to catch up with some of these pumps and i also have a i also have this gut feeling even though it probably won't happen because i'm predicting it that we're gonna see like huge drains from all these uh altcoins including like dash ethereum litecoin i think this uh so you see this percent it's at 67 percent dominant so i like how they have like BTC dominance. Sixty-seven percent. That's, That's near mean. an all-time low. Oh no, 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 no. I, I think so. So if here, I'll bring up this uh, Which chart. Which is funny because Bitcoin itself no. is near an all-time high. <laughs> okay. So sorry, we gotta. I think you, you I think to be adjusted this is for leaving out Ripple. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, we leave out Ripple. well, leave out Ripple. This is this is only going to change by a couple percent. I'm I'm guessing. If you leave out Ripple, I mean, how much is Ripple's market cap? Uh, like number, it's three. A, number three. Well, it's, it's a billion. It's a billion. So, so let's just say like this chart. So the BTC dominance right now, according to coin market cap, is sixty-seven percent. Let's say with Ripple out of the it's picture, like it's like seventy or sixty-nine percent or whatever. But regardless, I mean, I think I think we're on a verge to have all. The, I mean, what do you think? Because because. This this trend and uh, Tizen was saying this on uh, Twitter. I was kind of like replying to him. I was like, I don't know about that. What was he saying? He was saying that this trend will continue, a BTC dominance going down. Well, I, I think it depends, and I, I think he's entirely right. If if Bitcoin remains stuck in an intractable manner like it is, it, because all of this and, and it's fud. So what what really amazes me is that the price of Bitcoin has gone up recently. I mean, but part of that's explained by Bitfinex because it's dragging the price up. Uh, well, I mean, but but I mean, right now there's so much ridiculous uncertainty. If anybody who actually knows what they're talking about is looking at it, they're like, I have no idea what's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like here's something that no one's talking about that is we have new we have actual new uh, demand verticals in Bitcoin that we never like had what? before. Yeah, I was about we, there, to say like there what? are lots there there are lots of now this is all anecdotal. I can't I can't prove this, but there are a lot of uh, new drugs on the No, well that's <laughs> those the markets are expanding, right? And, <laughs> and plus uh, people are buying Bitcoin as insurance policies. Oh, for the the crypto ransomware? Yeah. And it used to be like one weird guy Which which one, companies are doing that? Uh so, because I know, I know, for instance, my company. Oh, I shouldn't say that to the hackers. Oh, maybe I should. 
Yeah. There's there's a do you think Fortune ten companies and Fortune fifty companies secretly have a stash of I don't think so. I do. No, I do. No, I do. I think some do, but I, I don't think majority of them do. What usually, I, what I'm usually the is ransomware that... is like low key, like only like a couple of Bitcoin, from what I've been seeing. Well, yeah, because that's that's because they want to cast a wide net. That's why. Okay, I mean, we we start talking about most fraud within companies is probably internal fraud, like it's it's you know somebody in in the company's doing it, right? IT guys know about Bitcoin. <laughs> okay, so if you're in that situation, you don't want to air your dirty laundry. Right, but you need to pay this guy, right? So some disgruntled IT worker leaves, and he, and he, you know, he bends you over. That that story happens like every week in the infosec world, right? And that guy is going to be paid in Bitcoin, right? Just like every other criminal. And so you know, you need to keep a stash, right? You need to keep a stash of, stash of Bitcoin. And these enterprising people are saying, listen, if we buy it, we buy in now. Then you're not going to have to go to the open market to get it, and who knows what the price is going to be then? Because look at the price trajectory since you know since two I mean, years. I mean, honestly, ago. if you think of like budgets for like companies, it's so small. Exactly. Like to buy like ten bitcoin or like twenty bitcoin is probably so small in their accounting. Well, books. I mean, yeah. and then you have it's just like a one and done thing. Like, so listen, if we get boss, back we to have like ten the... bitcoin sitting over here for you know for well, contingencies. I mean, if we if we get back to the bid off proposal, I there's a legitimate reason to actually hold some bitcoin is to secure your server with. Yeah, you know? look look at the Brazilian bank heist that happened. You heard about that? No, tell me about that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, like Mike, do you, first off, do you know what he's talking about? No. Okay. Okay, so the Brazilian bank heist, like I think it's like a week ago. Okay, so what happened was is somebody got a hold of their domain name, like the registration. Okay, so they nice of a bank, usually, but usually bank. can't the like can't they circum like can't they like if if someone yeah, gets but it them, takes time you know what i mean they can still it get it time. back and people are stealing okay. money all the time like so five hours oh they put up a phishing website yep. yeah uh, they put up a phishing oh, website and they man. stole they, they stole i don't know how much but they stole a lot of money and think about that so if your only recourse that little uh that little to, ssl thing's green isn't it or <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I suppose you don't have the certs, right? If you, if no, you they actually, change out the certs. Well, um, I always check the certs, and if the certs have changed, I always call the company directly and you know ask. Yeah, you know, hey, you know, I see your certs have changed. You know, yeah, yeah. the customer support time. person always knows how to answer. Here's that another. Question. Here's another tip: if your bank uses, um, if you, if your bank, uh, it's fucking escaping me. The uh, what's what's the um the DV site that you can use for re- registrations now? Uh, um, trust not Trustway. It's a. Uh, DBE, or no, wait, no, Let's Encrypt. So Let's if, if your encrypt, bank yeah. uses Let's Encrypt for their uh, for their certificate, like that's a, that's a phony site. <laughs> it's not good. That's that's somebody's phishing site, right? A bank is not going to use. Yeah, Let's no, they're going to have their own. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're not going to use. Like, Are you talking about for a certificate? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, okay, but, I, I mean, never, I don't know if, if I know. If you about go to that. Bank of America and you look at the cert that says Let's Encrypt, that's not Bank of America. Ninety ninety nine percent of people just look and look for that little green lock, and exactly. if they see that, then they're they're happy. You know, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is like if you could get these attackers off of your back for ten Bitcoin, you're just going to do that. Right, that's a small price. Well, to I pay. mean, yeah, but that doesn't mean you're going to keep it on hand. That means, and like, usually, I don't think that would happen until. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, there, it might also be like, and then you're like for instance, keep ten bitcoin. For instance, Cox, <laughs> like Cox communication, or you know, just Cox. Um, they might pool Bitcoin for all their conglom, you know, for the whole conglomerate. I mean, I, I could see that happening. Yeah, why not? It's cheap. It's a. I mean, because they have like twelve verticals or something. Yeah. 
Well, so so it is a legitimate, I guess, use case is to pay crypto ransom. Right. But I mean, that's not exactly like a growth industry. Um, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, no, no. I mean, it's it's, it's not a good thing to to grow is what i'm saying for the the ecosystem in general i mean you know it it does spur adoption i suppose but it's it's not like a selling point (laughs) no no it's not a a selling point to the on the up and up at least no but we talked we started this whole conversation spun off of why is the bitcoin price going up despite the fact that all these altcoins are being pumped and maybe the dominance of bitcoin is going down why is the bitcoin price either stable or even going up a little bit and the answer is we're getting new verticals okay right? well i mean I, I wouldn't see so i i think i think it's it's still um just people don't know all that's going on with bitcoin right now like the the people who are getting into the market they don't know all the heavy shits going on right now with block size because we i don't think we've ever been you, closer you, you to know a what? hard fork i mean all right now mike <laughs> Mike, I've heard more and more stories now of moms and dads buying Bitcoin. Well, and yeah, I'm sure that's happening. But do you think and, moms and, and dads grand, have I any idea what Segwit is? You, or? They have no idea what's going on. Exactly. They just I know, think that's what's happening. And they're all using Coinbase, by the way. Well, from of course. What I, I mean, it's, it's the hey, easiest speaking way of which, who, to get Bitcoin. Which, which U.S. <laughs> residents or which U.S. citizens are using Bitfinex? Oh, it's, a, it's, it's Hong Kong based, right? So, a lot. like, I mean, a lot it, of the guys at work use Bitfinex even before and after the hack. But why? <laughs> why not use? Why not use Coinbase? I'm just curious. Because oh. Coinbase is lame. Well, yeah, yeah, but but when it comes to Bitcoin, you buy your Bitcoin, you exchange it off. Who gives a hell? Who gives? A no, no, these it? guys are traders. Like, oh, yeah, they're, okay, they're yeah, trading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Bitfinex has margin, right? Yeah, they so have. They have. If you're if you're like a trader, you yeah. use margin. Oh, Paul. They have Colonial futures. X, no. Oh, you know what they're betting? They're betting on uh, BU. They're betting on because you can buy futures on Bitfinex, I think, mm-hmm. and you can buy like uh, futures for whether or not BU is going to be a coin. So, what are they doing with BU? They're betting that BU is going to be a coin. So, they're buying people it, at like, BitPay. Yeah. Well, yeah, lots of people are betting against it. Isn't it like low right now? Wait, yeah, what would like, you bet on it? I wouldn't bet on it. it it's Why? basically a so prediction BitPay, market. BitPay has all kinds of people yeah. that work there okay. it's not ev- yeah. not everyone is is like not everyone okay no. i was we thinking have, everyone was like bitcoin maximalist no no we kinda. have but we even have butt coiners there's <laughs> butt coiners working at bitpay yeah. that's yeah. awesome yeah well yeah but i mean would you would you not is say there anyone that's anti-bitcoin at bitpay yeah the butt coiners just said <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i thought i thought i thought butt coiners are just like trolly kind of like they're not necessarily so when you say butt coiners, you mean true butt coiners yeah true butt coiners all right yeah. sorry mike what i'm not gonna say their names because no no, no, no i don't no, want no. you to yeah well, I mean, well, would would you you know? It's fair to say that generally at BitPay, it's mostly maximalists. You know, yeah, totally. That's, that's the totally. vibe. The yeah. general vibe is Bitcoin maximalism. Yeah, except for the fact at least the leadership, I would say. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just asking about the general like yeah. population. But the, the leadership is is no fan of Bitcoin Core. I tell you that. Yeah. Well. Well, I mean, so here's here's the problem with with the way that it's implemented for BitPay, is. BitPay's model is is based on on-chain transactions and fees, and you know they have to pay the fee for the transactions in right. order for their business model to work. So yeah. as fees continue to rise, this isn't a problem for Core. They're like, oh, pay more, right? Well, <laughs> that's a problem for BitPay. Yeah, it's a problem, and but nothing would please the company more than taking everything off-chain. Right and doing check lock time verifier, check sequence verify payment channels. When it's, I don't think it would please us more than that because that will just basically create 
uh, BitPay as like a bank, a Bitcoin bank, and you have to go through like one of these Bitcoin banks to do any kind of transactions. And that's not good. I don't really personally, I don't really like that. Right. So would would BitPay get into the Lightning Hub operation business? They would yeah. have, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That would be their new business model. I mean, I mean, think about it. Companies, exchanges, uh, sh- people like Shapeshift. I mean, all these would be Lightning Network hubs. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that's good. I the, to me, I, I see that as a centralizing force. I, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think it's not. It's not a bad. It, that's not bad as long as you can still afford to make your own payment channels. One hundred percent correct. As long I as you can still afford to do yes. on-chain transactions, it's fine. If you can't, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I say make your own payment transact, that, make your own payment channels. That means also do your own on-chain transactions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's my big sticking point, and that's the only reason that you know I am a big blocker. I mean, because everything else, I actually like Segway. You know, I, I like, you know, I don't like the software implementation, but I could live with it if we had breathing room, perpetual breathing room in on-chain block size. That's the thing. I think people are, so whatever capacity we do get, it, strangely, if we just say we get SegWit, right, next week, the capacity will almost immediately be used up, right? Uh, that's assuming that that's assuming that we have ninety five percent and that we have enough well, wallets. We don't know how much back pressure we have right now. We have a lot of back pressure. <laughs> yeah, we don't know how many people so, would be making transactions if there were space. So, if enough wallet software and and by the way, a lot a lot of people don't upgrade their wallet software. I don't know why. We have some people using mycelium from like two years ago. Oh man, and it works. Uh, I'm pointing at you. <laughs> But people don't like to upgrade their their software, so who knows? Maybe people don't upgrade their their wallet software, and they can't use Segwit anyway. So, well, anyways, hey, uh, what do you know about NEM? NEM? I don't even know what that is. Do you know anything about that, Chris? J- just brief, just a little bit from like people talking about it. Like, uh, do you ever watch? There's um, do you know who? Um, of them. No. Do you know who Chris Coney is? He does a. Uh, <laughs> There is, there is 8.9 trillion of them. Or we'll <laughs> no, just say it's 9. Billion, it's billion. Oh, no, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just say 9 billion. Yeah, the NEM. Yeah. So I watch uh, on YouTube this guy, Chris Coney. He's really good, by the way. You should check him out. Uh, but he does um, uh, Cryptoverse. Oh, uh, Cryptoverse. Yeah. The British guy. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. really good. And he Welcome he, to the Cryptoverse. He sort of like went over NEM one day, so I kind of watched it. So that's all I know about NEM. I don't know much. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not big on any of these, uh, like, like Pivics and and down there we got Zcash. Z- oh, what do man. you? Yeah, does anyone at BitPay like Zcash? No. Why not? Is it just because it's too opaque, or it's a company? Okay, yeah, that's true. It is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they they so so you know someone has forked them and got rid of the yeah Zcash Classic Zcash Classic or something. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they they forked out the founder shares. What, uh, so has anyone looked into Bit- Connect besides me? No. Yeah, I have. I'm 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 kind of warm to that. Like I'm kind of seeing it. I mean, it's obviously kind of weird. Wait it's a kinda, minute. Wait a minute. You said warm? I'm warm to it. Like I'm not totally he it's like interesting. It's interesting, yeah. What? I thought it, this was like a classic Ponzi. It's, it is. It's kind of it, <laughs> it is. Then why are you warm? Hey, listen, to this? listen. Well, that's Okay, so one of my one of my things about Dash is like it's fun to do even though it's kind of looks like kind of a scammy kind of thing. Okay, so so you're admitting that Dash is kind of scammy, but not scammy enough for you not to be interested. No, but it's, it's kind of scammy. But one of the mind. values of Dash is it's fun. It's fun. Like okay, so well, you go. Doge to, was fun. So 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 BitConnect <laughs> is fun because of the networking and 
community. It has a lot of moving parts that you can stick your hands in and deal with it, right? So, so okay, I don't know what BitConnect is. Does somebody want to explain? I'll let, I'll let, I'll let the guy is, who's warm to it, it explain it. Well, okay, so there's this case. So you can, they have a centralized website that you can go to and you can sort of lend um, Bitcoin. Out to oh, people. so it's like a peer-to-peer lending coin? Yeah, kind of. Like, you, you have to use it to really get a good idea of all the different ins and outs of it. Um, so it's why do they need a... I wouldn't buy it. Why do they need a separate coin to lend Bitcoin? Because they need they basically need uh, investment. So it's an ICO to trade Bitcoin? Sort of. Like, you <laughs> just go to the website and you check it out. I all mean, right. it's... Well, it I gets, mean, so, so yeah, he's saying he's saying he would definitely not touch it. No, I wouldn't buy it. the concept is no. interesting. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Let's, I mean, I think we're getting pretty deep. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, like, we're hitting stuff right now, like Stratus and Factum. And if you... if I don't, so, You know what? I keep forgetting what Stratus is. I don't know. But it keeps pumping. Where do you got... Okay, so we have first tier altcoins. Where oh. do you draw the, where do you draw the line between first tier and second tier? I don't uh, know. I, I don't know, know if funny? it's market cap or if it's just the top ten. Or... You know what's funny is is I I would I would say first tier is like the top seven minus Ripple, and uh, plus Zcash. Is well, you realize you realize top seven minus Ripple includes NIM, no, which no. we but, don't well, know yeah, crap but, about. Okay, I said the top seven, and then not okay. So Ripple. top six top, minus no, Ripple. Well, no, the top seven minus Ripple. It's still the top seven. Only take Ripple out. All right. All right. Yeah. Whatever. So, so gotcha. um, yeah. And then I would add to that Zcash, honestly, uh, because, you know, I still think it's 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 a name brand coin. You wouldn't put Pivx in there or? No. Dude. Not no, It's tier two. I would say that's tier two. Do okay. you know about Pivx? At this point. Yeah. What What do you know? Real quick, because I don't. What, what the hell is this all about? Okay. Man? So Pivx is a fork of Dash. Yeah. That they went all proof of stake. So it's a hundred percent proof. So is it all master nodes? It's master nodes and no mining. No mining, and they so they also, solved the mining problem. They also forked before um, the suspected. You know, what is that uh, insta mine? They had that whatever. Oh, so so pre. Yeah. Well, how pre-insta did they do that? So they went back like a, far. They went no, back no, no. That was like the what? first day of the launch. Oh, was it? Yeah, I, I know they, could, they they claimed to to basically do away with that. I'm not sure. Well, exactly. if they did, how, how do they, they distribute their own the coin? chain? How do they distribute the coin from scratch? If that's the case. Oh, oh they already... did distribute from scratch. Well, I know I'm <laughs> saying if they, if they avoided the Insta more and Insta mine, cause the Insta mine happened at launch of, 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 uh, at the time it was X coin. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. maybe, maybe it's just, uh, it's not even a fork. It's just like a new coin. That I, has I think they, the same I think they code base. Yeah. So yeah. we're like Dash, but without the Insta mine and without the mining. We're, well, no, we're, it, we're Dash without the mining completely. Yeah, I think I had my facts wrong. Sorry about that. All right. Well, anyways, uh, enough enough about altcoin talk. That was that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. Uh, we didn't even talk about decred, dude. Enough enough about alts, man. Yeah. We, we, we've we've gone on and the yeah even that too. Um, conference, all things open. Oh, know you're what going, I right? Talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm. You're presenting, right? Well, I, I I gave a talk. So so I'm working. I'm I want to be working on a talk for which I want to reach out actually to both of y'all for help. I want to put together a presentation for uh, Bitcoin scaling. I, I essentially it's going to be titled "Will uh you know blockchain scaling or something." I forget what the actual. Well, uh, will blockchain scale for the masses? It's going to be like a question. Yeah. And I want to be talking about like uh, SegWit, payment channels, yada, yada. 
Well, it's still. I would say that that totally depends on a what you define a blockchain as. Well, I want to be going over. I mean, it's going to be. It's pretty much going to be a Bitcoin talk, but I I title stuff blockchain for for more people to be interested. Essentially, bankers show up with guys in suits show up if you call it blockchain. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you know you should name your talk your talk. Do you, do you even blockchain? <laughs> do you no, that was blockchain? my that was my. So so my first talk at All Things Open was do uh bro, do you even Bitcoin? Oh wow! I just I, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was the first talk I've ever given at a conference. But uh, yeah, that, I I like that. We're, we're thinking along the same lines. What if you if you say blockchain, you'll you'll attract all, all the people with the polo shirts and the <laughs> yeah. And then I'll also not know how to give that talk. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm blockchain right now. You just have to because utter, I don't know what a blockchain. You just is. have to say the right uh, buzzwords, and you'll get a round round of applause. Right? Interoperability. Yeah. It decentralized, well, it's not decentralized. No, not it's for authentication. No, it's for decentralized permission. Auth- no, is you, a good one. So it's for decentralized it. authentication on a permissioned ledger with interoperability. Right. You, you substitute the word with anonymity. So you substitute distributed for decent. So you, instead of decentralized, <laughs> you say distributed. And for so that permission, should be that should be your talk. You substitute talk. database for blockchain. Talk. That All should right. be your talk. So you write out the sentence and you start crossing out the yeah. word. <laughs> well, <laughs> distributed databases, <laughs> decentralized blockchains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. You can just you can do that. You can you can oh, write like a oh. macro that just replaces all the right okay. words. Speaking of shit coins, and this is not even related because it's not on Coin Market Cap, but I heard there's been movement recently on one coin, and it's finally coming down. After all this time. Oh, those poor bastards. Uh, well, and yeah. when I say poor bastards, I mean the people at the very bottom. So so what, what I heard, what I read was uh, one of the guys who was contacted initially, like anonymously, they weren't saying who they were for a blockchain project. And, and it was OneCoin wanting a guy. And this was back when they were doing their big, oh, we're migrating to a new blockchain. And he was they were wanting him to actually build a blockchain for their backend because they didn't have one. But they had everything on SQL Server databases. That's where they kept everything. Like just like everybody. How thought. did that leak? Did that leak officially? No, it was the guy. It was the guy who you know because they contacted. So he, did him. he break his NDA? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he was under NDA. They're going but, to sue him for all of his one coin. Yeah, better be careful. It's sad. You know, I, I'd hate to lose all my one coin, but. But yeah. out, of, out of all the things the government hassles you over, like the government hasn't hassled these people. Yeah, it's I know. See, it's what's so amazing is. Is the true scams they don't go after like the true scams? Because uh, I mean, you can you can call Dash a scam. Oh, Dash is a scam. No, Dash is one coin's a scam. That's like a straight up textbook scam. I mean, well, it depends who you ask. If you ask the the coin dojoers, well, yeah, but I mean, Dash is a scam. If there's you ask, a different level though, there's a different yeah. level to it. it it's on a spectrum. Scam, <laughs> yeah, scam, well, scam is on a spectrum. <laughs> if if Dash is a scam, then our whole federal budget is a scam. Well, like, yeah, well I mean, that's my opinion. No. That's fine. Yeah. I don't have a problem with people labeling things a scam, but. You have to label Social Security in that same bucket. Yeah. Oh, Social Security is total Ponzi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, literally, it's like the definition <laughs> of a Ponzi. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway. Uh, hey, so, so, just reminder. I need I need to talk to you all about the blockchain. I want to pr- preview my beta presentation with you all. Make sure I don't forget that all right. after this. But uh, have you all, so did you all hear about that friendly fork? So, this kind of comes from Bitcoin Meister, Adam Meister. The Disrupt Meister. Right, no fancy graphics. Uh, you know how he says that? I, no I, no I fancy set of graphics. No, I don't. I don't. 
I don't watch him that much to I hear like him ever that say that. No, no. I, I mean, I he, watched like five of his. Let videos. me ask you something. He talks about something about Merc or something. He's a man. Something. He has like some kind of like thing where he's he like doesn't get involved with women or something like that. Is he what? Because he's gay. What do you mean? He does. He he talks about some kind of acronym that I have no idea what he's talking about. It's like it's like Merc or something like that where. He he doesn't like he doesn't want to get married because you know he'll have to share his wealth or something like that. Oh, I don't sounds think. really smart. I don't think yeah. I've uh, I don't, yeah I haven't heard enough of no, him. but uh, I don't really know much about him. I'll be honest. Okay. I, I've I've watched like five of his videos maybe, but uh, I'll watch like some of his interviews to get to know like who he's interviewing as well. <clears throat> but he makes so much content. He'll make like one or two videos a day. It's it's a lot. So you 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 were all incensed and up in arms about the whole friendly fork. Yeah. Uh, so so he had one video that was about friendly forks, which didn't really resonate. It, it didn't really. I didn't really understand why he wasn't worried about this. And I consider Adam Meister like, you know, definitely in the space and like influential because he'll have you know a hundred or so or more people watch him live, which in my opinion is significant in the Bitcoin space. Uh, not to say like afterwards people watch his, uh, you know, his right. videos, but uh, he was essentially saying like uh, these friendly forks were no big deal. Do you know what a friendly fork is, and do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I think he's talking about a fork that's not contentious, meaning that someone's not going to actively, you know, there's like uh, the Bitcoin Classic thing, right? You heard about all that stuff going on? Bitcoin mm, Classic, maybe no. That got a resurgence because these guys were like, okay, well. You know, we what we want to do is go off on this fork for Bitcoin Classic type things, but we it's not going to be contentious. Meaning that we're not going to try to attack the other chain. We're just we're just going to go over here and start mining this one. And it, they can't guarantee no one's going to attack their chain, of course. Yeah. Like, so 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 the part that I didn't understand that he kept going through was these are friendly forks because essentially, if you had coins on Bitcoin, then you'll have coins on this fork. Right. And you double your money and you get double the coins. And I'm like, well, that's actually a really big deal if that fork actually maintains value. Now, it's probably not a big deal and it's probably a friendly fork because this chain is just like a test and it's not going to actually hold value. But if that chain actually starts to hold value, that's actually a huge deal and that's actually really bad for Bitcoin, in my opinion. Now, I don't know if I was thinking about that right. I mean, I, I've never saw it as that big of a deal because... Well, no, no. I don't think it will happen. I think that's why it's not a big deal. Right, but I mean, even if it does happen... But if happen, it does happen, I think it is. Like, like that's awful. Well, I mean, like, that's then, then that would all. be like... That would fit the definition of ETC. Yeah, I don't want ETC to happen to Bitcoin where, where a Bitcoin fork holds, you know... Well, uh, well, ETC is different because they forked for a specific reason because of a hack and all that. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, but the nature of it would be—it's a Coinbase. This, this is, yeah. Or, sorry, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's it's a fork of existing coin at a at a at a block height where you're forking the entire chain, and um, and, and now that there are two of them, as I think, as long as it didn't call itself Bitcoin, I don't think there's any good. Okay, okay, but I don't think there's any harm. Okay, I mean if. They do call themselves Bitcoin. What? What then? I mean, then you have two Bitcoins, and you have to make. Then people would apps. just shit on them because they're not Bitcoin. <laughs> All right. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just 
I, I see that as like a really weird idea because if they do call themselves Bitcoin, if they do hold value, then it just makes I think the, really it, the near it makes it of, it makes it literally a fork. It is a fork, right? The, right. the nature of him calling them friendly forks means they wouldn't do anything like calling themselves Bitcoin. They would just say we're this now, you know. So, so have you ever listened to Adam Meister? Bitcoin Not Meister? really. I've seen like a half of an episode at one point. I don't watch you too much. No. You got to get with it. He's. Man. So I'm so old. so now that now that Bitcoin uncensored isn't, <laughs> I'm older than him, and I still watch YouTube. Now that there's this void in content with Bitcoin uncensored not doing stuff anymore, I've been having to reach out and find other plugs. So I've been like finding like weird stuff, like this uh, Trayvon James guy who just like yeah. is in his car every day, just mm-hmm. spouting like crazy stuff. Like yeah, it's I like, fun. I like that guy. No, I like. I, I watch it. It's a lot easier for me to watch him than Bitcoin Meister because his videos are shorter and he's kind of like funny because he like he's very candid with like, I don't know, like technical stuff. Like, he, you know, he's pretty open with that, but he's just like, it's just like, all right, guys, yesterday I sold 100 Dash. And I bought all Bitcoin. Like, he's just so open with like what he's doing. It's he's funny. the guy that went through uh, the BitConnect. Oh, he, no. He like, he's, he's like, that's, like, he went through it and I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're talking about because I would never do that on my own. I mean, yeah, he wants people, he wants to make money off of you, from you to join his group. Oh, right. He gets like a referral fee or something. Right. Yeah. Um, so, another person that has been doing a ton of content this last month, Mike, Tone. Tone's been all Dude, over the Tone, place. And you know what's the funniest part about Tone? People are calling him the de facto Bitcoin maximalist. And I'm like, guys, do y'all not know who Krista Rose and Johnson are? Um, but it, he's he has definitely taken the title from every like everyone's calling him the de facto Bitcoin maximalist. He's definitely taken that title in the in the space, which is so, kind of funny. Uh, well, I so mean, you know the World Crypto Network, you know the uh, the guy that does the the British Mc, guy McLaughlin style podcast or the YouTube. Welcome group. to the crypto. Yeah, Thomas, uh, whatever his name is. So he always has tone on his show. He always he, the latest show he had Joseph guy Joseph Joseph Joshua Unseth Unseth yeah it's it's yeah okay. Joseph I thought it was like some kind of homeschooled name or something you know Christian nah. whatever anyway uh, he had that guy on there and that guy like came off as like uh, like he totally okay so he had Chris Ellis you know who that guy is Chris Ellis no not familiar uh, he, that name sounds so familiar let me Google him real quick yeah he's He's been around a long time. He um, just that that he just came off as no, Wait. not that guy. It, he's a younger guy. He's a English guy. But he um, Justin. He just came off I'm as like him. It, no. Chris Ellis was talking about like he used a, a big word. He used like uh, epistemological or whatever. He used that word, and then like John, he didn't know what that meant, and then he told it like. He just came off as a troll, not Chris Ellis, but John. 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 Well, that's because John Seth is is kind of a troll. That's how he he came off as a troll, but he also came off as an idiot. Like he did. That's that's a like he like he like denigrated Chris Ellis for like using that word. He's like, oh, I don't know what that word is. Like you know, he just came off as like a jerk. So I think people, what I'm getting at is, I think people are rightly going to Tone because he's not a troll. Tone is actually says what he means, and you could like if he says something. You know, he means that. you know, he actually means what he says. And he, he might be pretty abrasive, but he actually does mean what he says. Okay. What, versus someone like John Seth, you have no idea if he's being serious or not. Right. I don't. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, a good point. I mean, I think those guys, it's like their whole deal is, is there's a fair amount of showmanship with both Chris and, and Junsa in their whole deal. And they, they basically kind of play characters, which are kind of caricatures of themselves. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, Tone's more serious about stuff. Yeah. Uh, another, let's see, another topic. So, before we get to your off-return good taste, though. What uh, what is that iota stuff? I, I forgot. I, I the stuff that Chris brought it. up. Okay. No, it was Scott. Scott brought right. up. I meant I meant Scott. The Slack. Yeah. All right, let's all right, let's not talk about. It. Let's jump to. Dude, uh, we've been on altcoins for like an hour and a half. <laughs> well, no, is iota altcoin? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right. I don't know anything about it. All right, let's talk about the stuff you've been working on. Um, I'll, let, I'll let you and Chris take this because I don't really know what's going on. Okay, so I posted a medium. Medium piece a while back uh, for an idea that I had. I originally had it like oh, a long time ago, uh, but I parted down and you know kept cycling through it. And but it's basically a way to do transactional voting with op return, um, and and a way to standardize yeah. that to where uh, it could be implemented in in a wallet uh, as an interface uh, to where um, you could vote on something. Uh, so like a proposal, like say, cause right now all we have is we have BIP nine for official signaling. And then we have just the little, the Coinbase op return, which tells us stuff that, that ends up on like the block section of coin dance and stuff like that, which that's our only thing that we go by. And that's just minor sentiment, but that's what we take is we take minor op returns, but there's nothing that communicates from users that actually transact in Bitcoin every day what they want the miners to do which you hear all this talk about uasf that's great um but you know which running which, a node is 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 not a good measure of anything because if you run a node you can you can trivially and this has been proven time and time again you can trivially spit up two hundred thousand nodes i mean because it costs you nothing to do that so you can run a sybil attack on nodes and do two hundred thousand. Oh, and look look how many nodes are in favor of this thing because it costs nothing to do that so it doesn't mean anything. So there's no way to accurately gauge right now user sentiment. And this is an attempt not at gauging total whoa, sentiment. Whoa, hold on. Real quick, though. Would it be making transactions versus actually having full node signal? I mean, yeah, I mean, there is a cost. I mean, the, the, no, there's the, not. You can you can replicate a full node, and you can you can have spawn an infinite okay. number of VMs. And okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're saying uh, you can signal and share a block uh, share. Uh, node count is worthless as a metric, is what I'm saying. It's been proven node count is trivially sibilable, and okay. you can spin up as many nodes as you want and say, oh, look at how many nodes agree with me. You know, because you can have multiple nodes share the same ledger, right? Almost like a almost. No, like a I mean, no, the nodes don't that. The node just just reports that they're running whatever software. They don't even have to be running it. They're just saying, hey, I'm you know, I'm doing this, and okay. then we count the nodes that do that. Well, it's not a valid count, is what I'm saying. It means nothing. Okay, so it's really hard to gauge. How yeah, many it's real, worthless as a yeah. gauge of sentiment. Yes, okay. that's what I'm saying. Right. Is node count is worthless as a gauge of sentiment. Okay. And, and, and versus that this first... actually has some skin in the game because of the transaction. Well, yeah, because that. so okay. okay, so that's another important point to this uh, proposal. It's actually it's weighted by transaction fee, and this doesn't purport to show what everybody thinks. It's just literally the transactors of Bitcoin that pay transaction fees, and um, and it's meant primarily to signal the miners. 
Um, so the, the primary audience for this is the miners and it's users telling miners what they want them to do. And so um, basically how it works is you have a, a ballot that has multiple questions on it. And, you know, it, it, there, there's a couple of different ways to implement it. And still, we're still working through exactly how it's going to work. But uh, the ballot itself is a running ballot. And every transaction can vote on one or more items, whichever items they choose. And then those, those items with the responses to the ballot items they choose gets hashed into an op return that is published to the blockchain as part of the transaction. And who's going to say these are the, these are the predetermined hashes so, that, you should, that you should be putting an op return? So it's not, it's not really predetermined. So you would have to have like a website that sits there and the wallet would have to communicate back and forth with the website. And so the wallet would say, okay, uh, I'm taking, here are my answers. Here are my question and answers. I take this block of the question and answers. I hash that. I come up with a unique hash. I communicate that to the website. The website, uh, it, it then says, hey, have I seen that hash before? Because if it's seen that hash before, great, it's done. It says, okay, I already have that one. If it doesn't, then it says, okay, send me back all of the information of the questions and the answers. So by index, which question are you talking about? And what answer did they select for each one of the ones that they answered? And then it stores it in a database for future recall later. And so later, when you go to aggregate it, you scan the blockchain and you scan everything in the blockchain for, for all the different votes for over whatever X period of time you want say, you know, Say you want 1,000 blocks. Say you want 30 blocks. Say you want 300,000 blocks. doesn't really matter. It's arbitrary what you're doing. But you scan that, and then you determine all the votes that were made over that period, and then you aggregate them. And you aggregate them by reading back to the database. So the database can be centralized because you'll always query the database by the hash, and it will return the information on what their votes they cast. But you can always take the information that it returns to you, and you can hash that back out and verify it goes to the hash that was... That was uh, thrown in the blockchain. So it's it, it still remains trustless even though even though it's a centralized service. So yeah, I I'm like I completely remember now cuz we we talked about this for a little bit the other day. And uh I think the only thing I had to add was uh another way to do this if you wanted to, which wouldn't necessarily be better, but another way to do it would be you um don't add anything to op return but you verify that you're the owner of that you know, transaction. How? By signing, but I mean, a, by signing a message with a private key. Right. But then you got to do an external service. Versus... Well, you still have to have the website. That's why I, I got to. So if you still have yeah. to have an external website, then um, you don't need to change any. Potentially, you'd still have to change wallets to ha to make it easy to sign that message. And, and so you'd still need wallets to, to not enable only this, like essentially. That. Not only that, but I like the idea of using an op return because it does, as small as it is, it, it bears additional cost. So you actually have to say, yes, I'm going to pay a little extra just to be able to say this, you know? <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it you know, kind of weeds out a little bit of spam sentiment. Sure. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I don't know which way is better. I'm just saying that would be a, uh, that would be another way without using op return would so, be uh, signing messages digitally and then having preset, um, 
like, hey, you can vote this way or this way, and then you can sign your transaction to vote, and then have a website to tally it all up. And then if your vote isn't counted, you could yell fraud. So and yeah, and what what I would say is website. you have you have a website to tally it up. Not only that, you can have multiple different websites with off return different ways because everybody anybody yeah. can read the op returns and anybody can query the website with the database to map them to actual yeah. votes. And so they can determine, hey, advantage. I want to exclude these votes because of the, you know, say they paid like a ridiculously high fee. Well, yeah, that's an outlier. I want to exclude those and I don't want to count that because that's somebody trying to gain the system. So, you know, you could say, hey, ex you know, and have different metrics and somebody could do excluding, you know, transaction fees, you know, that are over two standard deviations from the mean. You, you, you know, you could do any number of things with that and anybody can run their own with their own parameters. And so nobody has to agree. So I think of it like polls. So, like, if, if you look at the polls and you say, oh, how's Trump doing? And, like, one poll says he's at 44%. One poll says he's at 42%. Well, you get a rough idea of what people think. Even though they don't agree, you're like, yeah, it's, it's right around there, you know? So, so that's one of the criticisms is, oh, nobody agrees on it. Because that's another part of it is miners could game it. Um, if you left it exactly as I described it just now, miners could totally game the system. Because a miner could insert their own transaction with their own fee paid to an address they control. And um, they could do that in every block that they mine instantly. And, you know, then all of a sudden it, it they can skew the sentiment based on whatever they want. So to get around that, what you do is you have to have a node. So you're not just looking at the blocks, but you're also looking at the node and a node. And you're looking specifically at the mempool of the node. And you add the mempool transactions to the transactions of the last X number of blocks that you're looking at, right? So when you do that, um, what happens is a, a miner mines a block and pays themselves the reward, they're not gonna send and broadcast that transaction until they broadcast the block. Reason being is they could orphan their block or another miner could get it and then they actually lose the money. <laughs> so, um, and that's okay. Uh, I mean, you know, if, if, if miners want to do transactions or register sentiment, that's fine, but they have to do it on a level playing field where it's at risk, just like everybody else. And then they do receive a slight advantage, but the advantage is only as good as their percentage of the total hash rate. So, you know, they're not going to be able to. I'm sorry. Were you just covering the fact that miners could exclude and gain the system by adding in something in yeah. return. Yeah, they can make their own, they can make their own transaction and pay themselves. Well, but yeah, well, yeah, but they wouldn't do that because they would want to get transaction fees from other transactions. Well, that's, well the, for one thing, that's now when the blocks are full, which may not always be the case. But um, Okay, so if blocks aren't full, then they could game the system Well, no, no, no. What I'm telling you is there's a mitigation for that because they don't broadcast that transaction typically. Because if they broadcast that transaction before they mine the block, then it's at risk. Some other miner could come up with hash before them, and then they could pull that transaction, and then the fee that they were going to pay themselves get paid to somebody else. So, so the way you mitigate against that is you just, you know, you can say, okay, I'm going to count everything in the mempool, but I'm going to ignore anything that came in the mempool 30 seconds, you know, within 30 seconds of, of the block being mined. So if it's in the block, but it wasn't in the mempool for at least 30 seconds before the block was found, I'm going to ignore it. Well, what about, what about miners just excluding these transactions? Let's say that it goes against the miner sentiment. They yeah. can just exclude it. So that's the cool thing about looking at the mempool. Because if you count the mempool as part of the vote aggregate, if a miner were to try to censor it, 
then it just stays in the mempool. So they actually are shooting themselves in the foot because it just remains so you have to counting do, longer. So you have to do active analysis on the mempool because I can start just a double, one, whatever node you're using because for the I can I can send multiple trans like a, almost like a double spin in the mempool. Right. Well, yeah, but you know, you would like only... I can vote twice and three times if you're counting mempool stuff, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, you not from the same, not not from the same UTXO. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You can't. You won't <laughs> have like a double Bitcoin. spin. You won't have a double spin sitting in the mempool. Yeah. It won't you allow know? you. To, it won't allow allow you to do that. Okay. So you know, but if you have anything that's in the mempool of a node, is subject to actually be mined by a miner. So essentially, so <laughs> fair game. So you're gonna have. Let, let me think about this. You, so why use op? Wait, wait. So okay. It's so like so really, you're so really you're going to be tallying stuff through, through the mempool and the block. Yeah. Chain. So the mempool just gets tacked on to the last, say, one thousand or whatever. It's arbitrary the number, whatever you want to call it. But you know whatever you're polling by. But you say the last thousand blocks. So um, if you're looking at the last thousand blocks, you look at the last thousand blocks plus the mempool of the node you're looking at. So and then one of the other criticisms they get is well. Mempools don't agree, right? Well, yeah, mempools don't agree, but f there's two things about that. One, the amount in the mempool is going to be so small compared to the last thousand blocks worth of transactions, it, the difference is going to be negligible. But at the same time, if you look at the mempool, it prevents miners from doing the thing you were talking about, where it doesn't matter if they mine a transaction. If they're not mining a transaction in protest, it actually counts as a vote. <laughs> so, And it counts as a vote longer because it stays in the mempool longer. Yeah, it's just... It's just uh like for instance, a lot of these sites like like explorers don't show mempool active mempool. Do no, they? well I mean you, no, they you wouldn't. They do. I mean they do? some do, yeah. but yeah. which you, one? Block trail maybe or Insight does. In, uh, oh, in, of course, Insight. Uh, block trade block does. But, block chain But does. I mean, okay. yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't rely on an explorer. You know, this would be well, running directly off for, of a node. Yeah. I'm talking about for people like to like me to audit. See, but that's the thing is, yeah. So that's. It wouldn't just be one implementation. So it would be one implementation to manage the polls and the questions and everything. But with the data that's created from that, anybody can run their own thing that counts and aggregates and says, well, this is the number I came up with these parameters. So this is how I measure sentiment. Okay, so you can make your own website. Yeah. Uh, and one could say, okay. With your, know, own, with your own charts. Right. It would be your own charts, but you, you would have criteria. Like one guy may say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to get rid of any ridiculously high transaction fees because those are outliers and they shouldn't be counted because that's Roger Ver trying to skew the, you know. <laughs> so um, that, that could be somebody's criteria. Wait, is this say, based on transaction fee? Not, yes. Not amount of transactions? Well, see, that's the, that's the wonderful thing is because you could count either way. Because that's another. That's all that is is another metric. All this is is another metric. So I, you know, primarily you'd be looking at fees because that's what miners give a shit about. They don't care about dollar volume transacted. All they right. care about. I fees. mean, I mean, I mean that. I mean that makes sense. So the people who are paying the fees, they're the miners' customers. You're, you're essentially giving them a voice. Yeah, and it's just all for right. them to tell the miners what their preference is, and it's non-binding, completely non-binding. It's not like they're. You're giving them. You're giving them a, a different type of voice versus like Reddit. Well, yeah. See, so this is this is my fundamental problem: is Reddit comments are inaggregable and unquantifiable. You can't you can't gauge a sentiment from people shouting and screaming on Reddit. Not only that, people shouting and screaming on Reddit may do no Bitcoin transactions and may not even own any Bitcoin. You don't know. I mean, and this wouldn't help with owning Bitcoin. That's another criticism: is Matt Carollo said, "Well, it, it, it disenfranchises holders." Well, that's okay. You measure holders by a different metric. That's not what this is for. I think we need more metrics, not less. 
And, and there's and, nothing that says that that some holder can't just make a Bitcoin transaction. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you want to pay fees to the miner and you think that's a valid use of your Bitcoin to be heard, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? don't, don't spend the money back to yourself and just yeah, put a vote you in pay there. a fee. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean that makes sense. What I, I guess the only thing this would hurt directly is anonymity. I guess. I mean, it, I don't think so because it, it's, it's as anonymous as Bitcoin. Because remember, yeah. you're not tying to any identity. Unless that hash also includes, and I'm Mike B. Casey. So, you know, that is. <laughs> and you put your name in the op return. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to. You sign it with your actual name. And your, now, the only you thing. Get, I'm going to sign it, Dear Lord Baby Jesus. And <laughs> Well, you're. Yeah, I mean. So the, the goal, the goal is not dear- to store what users vote. That's not the goal. The goal is not to enable more analysis of, of identifying users on, on the blockchain analysis. So this requires no uh, code, code changes in the, you know, in like Bitcoin Core or anything. It's more of a wallet side, wallet category type bit. I think you will be the first wallet, um, if you do implement this, to have an op return that people can like either choose from a pre-selected list or paste into, which is, I think you will be the first wallet that at least I know of that will give users their, that option. It'd be interesting. I mean, because I mean, do you know of another wallet that lets you know. do off return as I far as a maybe, mobile wallet? Um, Cause I'm thinking like the big ones like Jax. No, uh, no not, not any of the wallets, but what one of the web wallets didn't. No, no I'm talking to, about, I'm like, talking about cell phone wallets. No, uh, I don't know. Uh, you, I mean, what you got, BitPay, you got Jax, you got Mycelium, you got um, Airbits. Airbits. Um, what are the other big ones? Uh, Bread Wallet on Coin, Apple. Coinbase, which a lot of people actually use. Bread Wallet. I mean, none of these let you put off return codes in there. Right. No, I'm just saying, like, hey, man. Well, and, you know, yeah, did- I just, it's just, it's just another way to signal the miners so that they. Have an idea that you're—they're not doing what you want them to do, and you're thinking about selling out to Ethereum, for example. They—they want to save you as a customer, right? Like if you're on the fence, you're like, "eh, I think I'm gonna go buy some Dash." They would rather, if they knew enough of those people were doing had that sentiment, they would might change their tune. One of one of the hashes is, "If you don't fix this crap right now, I'm going to Dash." Yeah, that's fine. That's quantifiable. Somebody, somebody could put that up as a poll question. Yeah. But you know, so you can see the power in this. This signals the miners in a provably, mathematically provably way, right? Like this is real voting. This is not like, oh my god, these people on Reddit are pissed. It's like you you don't know anything from that. And you know, and anything you do is going to be gameable to a degree. But this is minimally gameable. It's not. It's not. It's difficult to game, and you can only game so much out of it. Um, and, and so that's the thing is it's not a perfect metric. I don't think any metric is, but we need more metrics. We, right now we have nothing. All we have is just the, the minor sentiment metrics that we've cobbled together. There's really nothing there to determine any user sentiment at all. Right. I mean, the, I've seen, I've seen straw polls done on polling services and it's just yeah, it's ridiculous. really, why, why are we even bothering or Twitter polls? Yeah, that's really going to give us an accurate representation of the heartbeat of the Bitcoin community is a Twitter poll. Yeah, come on. Uh, no, I mean, I, I like the idea. I'm so you realize I'm gonna, I might, you know, I, I might vote, I might not, but I'll definitely probably be using op return to bloat random shit into the blockchain more easily. 
That's fine. You pay Which for that. I know. I, I know. But it's just going to be fun. Like, so, I, mean, I can't yeah. wait. Even even if you put in there, like, I really want a wallet that will let you write op return, so I can write like crazy messages into op return, like Baba Booey and shit, like just just like you know, like I told you this happened in you know 2017. I can go back. Oh, and, you should look at the op returns that are now in the blockchain. It'll, it'll it's hilarious. Uh, you mean like plain text? Yeah, there's there's hilarious shit in the blockchain. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about like that's. Tier- I'm ta- I'm like I'm talking like. I don't want to use Tyrion. I want to like actually like write something like you know just random like plain text stuff like right. what you're saying. I wonder saying. how much it would cost you to publish War and Peace in the in the opera terms. <laughs> well, you only get what eighty bytes. Yeah, right? well, eighty so. bytes at a time. Well, you mean you mean a hash or the plain text? No, no, just plain text. <laughs> yeah, how many? How many? It'll be, it'll be a little expensive, I think. Yeah. If you use Latin characters, then one byte is one character. So, so you know what some people do to uh, write long things like that. They'll make one input have like tons of outputs, and then for the addresses that they're sending to, will be plain text. Vanity addresses. There'll be a bunch of vanity addresses that they're that they're writing like a paragraph to. Yeah, I've like, seen that happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a website that helps you do it called like uh, gra- blockchain graffiti or Bitcoin graffiti or something. That's much more wasteful. <laughs> oh, it's so wasteful because those are stuck. And then you got you you're bloating the UXTO too. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like oh yeah. awesome. You those know? those are forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're so, you're bloating the UTXO set, and but you're also those vanity addresses. They're inherently less weak, secure, yeah. right? Because they they have to they have to formulate their private key in a certain way to. No, there is no. These don't have private keys. Well, then they just get they'll get swept immediately by whoever. No, no. no, no, no what I'm saying van- is, well, they can. I mean, oh, so they're they're valid addresses, but the private key wasn't generated. Yes. it's just a valid, oh, okay. valid public addresses public that you're address, that you're spamming yeah. to oh, okay. to write That's, to it's, write. It's like proof a- of burn to just <laughs> be stupid and be a jackass. No, to write it's war like- and peace or whatever you're talking about. Oh, was was the oper- was the script on the uh, output like op return? Thing? Is that what no? You no, just have a bunch address, of outputs. vanity addresses. Right. So like Bitcoin so, eater. Yeah. Like, so okay. so like so like I have an input, and yeah. then let's say I have like twenty outputs, right? Right. And I pay a transaction fee for all this, right? Granted, and all those public addresses are like plain text sentences. Like I make a paragraph right. through the okay. addresses. So so there's an easy. I never made a it's private key. You, you see so what I'm saying? Wasteful. You can have more than one op return in there. You can you can have as many as you want. So it just it. I would just do it with with straight up op returns in there. Yeah, because well, at least you're not bloating UXTO. But well, it, yeah, you're bloating regardless. But this well, is so forever you know, bloat. So this is something. This is <laughs> right. something too that I, I want to point about the proposal is these are op returns which can be trivially pruned. You know what I mean? So if you don't care about them and you don't want Wait, them you're gonna... to clog up your node, you can prune out the op returns. Right? Well, you, yeah. I mean, I guess the only op return that you're not going to really be pruning with SegWit is the first op return. For the where, where was the op return going to sit? Coinbase or where, where was the? No, that's. I mean, there's going to be some kind of op return used for SegWit, right? It's uh, that's. That's the whole thing about ASIC boost. The, the the actual header, the block header is go, is going to well not the oh. header, but the so there's going to the be there's going to be a Merkle right? root in the uh, Coinbase that's going to signify yeah. the tree. Yeah, but that's going to be an op return, right? Of the um, Coinbase, isn't aren't they just going to put like an op return in the Coinbase somehow? I'm trying to think I don't um, know how that's in the op return. It's not an op return though. No. All right, well there. No, no, okay. I, I just remembered. It's the input. Okay, so if you look at a Coinbase's a Coinbase okay. transactions input, mm-hmm. it's all zeros, right? Because it it doesn't really have an input when yeah, you it's get from newly the system. When you yeah. get newly generated coins, you um, there's really no input. They're putting all the stuff in there. 
in the they were Coinbase. using the input field. Yeah, huh. interesting. So, but yeah, um, look, amp mined by amp pool. That's what's in the Coinbase. They put in there. Yep, and it's that's the EBAD, which is the emerging consensus. Right. They probably put some Chinese stuff. But in see, there. like right now. See that's what's happening right now. That that little e, you know that that EB one AD six, they're actually parsing that out from the off return, and then they're counting that as the vote on Coin Dance. Is that's what they're literally doing? There's no, it's, there's nothing formal about it. Right. It's not BIP nine or anything like that. No. <laughs> I know. Uh, so you want to talk about BIP one forty eight? And first, can we talk about USAF because or UASF? Because that's generally a new term this last couple weeks. Yeah, that's like a month, I'd say. Well, we haven't done a podcast in a month, so. So UASS stands for User Activated Soft Fork. Uh, It's been an idea that's been kicked around for a little while. But the specific implementation of it, which was BIP-148, I believe, was uh, put forth by a guy named Shaolin Fry, who's actually a Litecoin developer. Um, and, And what it does is... It does a user-activated soft fork uh, by uh, threatening to orphan blocks of any miner that is not signaling SegWit as of a flag day, which they have moved up to August 1st, uh, I believe is the date. What's August? What happens August 1st? So on August 1st, if, you, if UASF is activated amongst, you know, if, it, if they go live with it, which right now I don't know if they, you know, are or not. There's still a lot of buzz, but... Um, so if it activates, you all the UASF nodes are going to reject any block from uh, a uh, a miner that is not seg- signaling SegWit. So they don't have to be running or activated SegWit. They just have to be signaling it because it's trying to force activation of and, SegWit. And, and who and who, these are just going to be nodes. So so the reason that, that are going to be the user activated software is is they runs off a premise called the economic majority. And the idea is that if, if nearly every Bitcoin company, like all of the exchanges that run nodes, if all of their nodes together say, nope, that's not Bitcoin if it doesn't run SegWit or doesn't vote for SegWit, really, not even run. But if it doesn't vote for SegWit, I'm not recognizing that as So essentially, Bitcoin. they're taking the ecosystem with them. Well, so they're, what it does say... is it's, 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 it's forcing a coin split. If It's threatening a, a forced coin split if, if you don't activate segwit you know it, it, one side's gonna you know reject blocks it's gonna start orphaning them another side's not they're gonna start building off them so you will have a coin split so um the question is is that coin split going to then you know because if if it persists my theory is uh, well obviously unless it's like near unanimous which is what their whole point is is if every all of the users agree to do this, and all of the exchanges said, "Nope, there's only one Bitcoin, and it's got SegWit in it," um, then uh, they can force the miners to do that. Now, if, if they can't, uh, then or even if they could successfully, and the miners still don't go along with it, it would trigger the miners to hard fork. It would be an impetus, and they would just be like, "Well, we're going to do this," <laughs> you know. And essentially, it's calling people's bluff. In my opinion, it's calling the it's, it's calling the miners bluff. In my opinion, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess it's it's basically a two year old that's holding his breath, saying, "I'm not going to breathe until you." It, it's stupid. It's a stupid idea. It's totally stupid. Wait, wait, who's holding their breath? The miner or the USA? No, the USF. The, the the fact that you can you think you can bind together all the 
interested economic partners in this way is ridiculous, right? Because these people are like the big whales, like the, the Coinbases and the, the BitPays and stuff. These people run businesses, right? And they're going to go with whatever they can make money on. It doesn't, they don't have any kind of, they, you know, they're not principled in this way, right? It only takes like a certain number of people to not be principled and, and want to actually make money to have this thing totally fall apart like well, a house of cards. Look at what happened because everybody thought ETC wasn't going to be a thing. And then one exchange, Poloniex, I think it was, they listed it. And then that was it. The right. dam was open. Right. And they're like, it was either you list it or you lose money. You right. But, but how is that? I think Coinbase just, had to start giving out ETC. Well, yeah. Their, oh, yeah. yeah. It created because everybody was saying, nope, we're not going to deal with it. Okay. And it created that's, a shitstorm. That's a fair point. However, Ethereum isn't used for jack shit. Okay. <laughs> Bitcoin is actually used it's used for a, speculation. It's well, that's fine. That's a use, but it's it's not the <laughs> use case that it, okay, so I know for BitPay, we don't give a shit about user activated soft work. We're not we're just gonna take the one that we feel is has more uh that has more work on it and that has not gone off the rails in terms of what their policies are. Right. So 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 no no supply limit change. No. Sure. So <laughs> so I know like I think Tone's big on, you know, UASF. Oh, he's huge. And like, and there's a couple other people. What, what I mean, are these? You don't think there's anything to no, it? They're like, just taking a principled stand that means nothing. Okay. Right. Well, I so, mean, they're they're frustrated. They're pissed because I understand that. But know. what their way they're going about it is 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 stupid. It's, that doesn't so, mean anything. So UASF user activated soft fork. Um, I, I don't know if it's actually going to actually happen on Litecoin, but they were threatening it on Litecoin. But I mean, there's they've had a couple of roundtables and whatever. So Litecoin now is implementing SegWit as of. It was funny because they were going to implement SegWit and they were really really close to the activation date. And then then I think Jihan threw on a bunch of hash power vote the other way at the last second, skewed it, and they missed their flag. Yeah, day. right. He was so, like, he was pumping he was pumping up the. Uh, the coin so he could cash out and then dump it yeah back, right i mean yeah well they'll probably repeat that same process two or three times so so yeah but but it looks like at least as of right now segwit's going to activate on on litecoin which is going to be very very interesting so now you'll have the flagship product of the bitcoin core development team not on bitcoin <laughs> Right. The thing they've been working on for the last two years. Nope, not on Bitcoin. It's it's going to be on Litecoin now, yeah. which is very odd. These are strange, strange days indeed. You want to uh, talk about extension blocks? Okay. Because, right. so, you know, you know I, I, I feel bad. I haven't really been researching all this well, stuff. Well, so much has happened. There's not much to research on extension blocks. So Chris, Chris can probably feel this a lot better because, like, Stephen Pear was one of the co-author on the extension block proposal by Joseph Poon and um, what was the purse guy? Uh, Chris yeah. or Jeff? Chris. Yeah, Chris. J, JJ. JJ. So, yeah. You want to talk well, about it? Well, I mean, there's... Okay, so one thing you need to understand is there's no... There's no implementation. I mean, there is. There's a branch in B, in Bitcoin for this, but a lot of the details are are still trying to be worked out in terms of this. So, you know, the criticism has yet to to come down the pike and all that. I mean, people have criticized some of the ideas about extension blocks, but we're not really sure how it's actually gonna. You know, some question marks about how you do the how you achieve what's known as the uh, the two way peg or I guess atomic hot swapping or whatever you want to call it, but 
So, so like right now I'm in the tab Slack group and I posted this to general, this, this uh, chart. If you're not in the tab Slack group and you want to join in, feel free to message me and I'll send you a link or you can go to some website to <laughs> there's some, some, somewhere out there. There's an automated link, but anyways, I have a, so this, and, and then we can go over if this is right. If not, then we'll just go back. But this is saying like, okay, protocol change. Do old nodes maintain the correct UTXO set? If no, uh, do the old nodes continue to function sufficiently for old wallets? Yes, that means extension blocks. Is that really as simple as it gets? No, it's it's a little bit more complicated. Okay, sorry. Keep going. So, so a quick question. So, would you consider Segwit to be a subset of uh, of extension block as a generic concept? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, Segwit is a specialization of extension blocks proper. Now, that's assuming that that's what I can consider extension blocks to be right now. However, we're still sort of not we, but JJ and his crew are still sort of um, uh, implementing that and seeing how it works and testing it and that kind of thing. I'm sorry, so, who's JJ? JJ Christopher Jeffries, he's the CTO of Purse. Okay. And he he's the guy behind Bitcoin. The guy who started Bitcoin was this other guy named. The heck Bitcoin. is Bitcoin? Oh, you don't know what Bitcoin is? Yeah, it's another. another okay. one is it altcoin? No. Oh, uh, there's it's okay. So it's another full node implementation. So it's like Bitcoin oh, J. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So so the the big ones now are Bitcoin Core, Bitcoin. Uh, BTCD, have you heard of that one? That's yep. the Go implementation. And then uh, our our boy Scott is really big on Lib uh, Bitcoin, I think. Lib Bitcoin. Lib Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so Bitcoin has the it has a it has a branch that has extension blocks. Sort of, it's being formulated and worked on and that kind of thing. So the the goal here. So if you think of Segwit as a specialization of the broader general term of extension blocks. That's what we're dealing with, right? So, so extension block is a general term to yeah. mean I'm going to... Does it still mean like the general term of I'm going to keep this data somewhere else? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, you have the main block. You're not changing anything about okay. that. All right. So, uh, so drive chains, uh, Paul source drive chains. That'd be another example of an extension block. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. News to me. I didn't, I didn't know that was a general term. Now, how it how it actually pans out in the end, I, I don't know. Like it, they could take it in, they could sort of vector off into a different um, meaning of extension block that it's not really segwit anymore, right? Especially with that whole thing we just talked about. The we have you're putting in a Merkle um, root into the Coinbase transaction. Um, that's going to be very very. We and Mike and I talked about this, or uh, Michael B Casey here. We talked about this. Uh, the fact that you do that in SegWit sort of breaks ASIC boost, mm-hmm. and I'll yeah, just yeah, uh, that was like, that was like the big controversy <laughs> with that was recent with or last couple of weeks with the revealing that what was it, Greg Maxwell yeah Greg Maxwell came out with a, what was an excellent post um and I'll, I'll tell you I I read it and to me I was just like yeah that sounds right <laughs> you know so my it, thing is um, <laughs> it was a great analogy by someone who was like you were caught. With a porno magazine lube in your hand in the bathroom, but you weren't masturbating, like that was the well, analogy mean, someone came up with on I Twitter. I would say one hundred percent. It's a definite one hundred percent that that's what's going on. But the circumstantial evidence is pretty good, <laughs> you know. So what, what my point is is that the um, narrative has been that they're not using ASIC boost, right? So I want to see how extension blocks is actually gets 
like really implemented without having to break ASIC boost. I, I don't know if it's possible. Like, so you think? Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying extension I, blocks will happen and people will still be able to use ASIC boost? Well, if certain people are, uh, you know, so what in I, favor of Bitcoin, G, then Jihon Wu is. So, so what? What I heard, and I don't know if this is accurate, but what I heard is the current proposal for the extension blocks, the one put forth by JJ and Jason Joseph Poon, um, it, it is compatible with ASIC boost. That's what I heard, but you know, I don't know the technical details. Yeah. So did J? So I, I don't really know. Is is uh, is Poon? Was he chewed out by Greg Maxwell because of this? Because I know he got chewed out for some reason. Just in general, I guess. I don't. I don't know. I mean, but yeah, he he basically quit Bitcoin because of it, and he said he was going to take a break, which is sad. Because this is the one of the co-authors of the Lightning Network yeah. paper. Right. He's the guy that's actually maintaining. He's roast beef, right? No, no, roast beef's a different guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, the the guy roast beef. Is that how you say it? Roast, roast beef. beef. Yeah. Okay, so roast beef is the guy who's actually maintaining the branch that the only branch that Lightning Network can really run on, run with in terms of like a Bitcoin core implementation. It's on BTCD, by the way, and not even in the main branch of BTCD. It's in a separate branch. So yeah, roast beef's been at it for years. Man, who's that, who's that guy? Paper drop. What's that guy? Uh, it's Ole Kuno. Ole, I forget how to pronounce. I don't okay. know his name, but he's uh, um, I think he's African. Okay, well, anyway, he's, that's, yeah, I want to see how extension blocks in, ends up being tested and possibly uh, sort of, like, certified as, like, here's a test net for extension blocks without having to ha break ASIC boost. So, <laughs> all right, but, but the original controversy was this was a patented, <clears throat> like, Yeah, ASIC boost system? in and of itself is, is uh, the process is patented. There's a lot of questions about that because is or is not the covert method of ASIC boost patented? Yes or no? And I don't know if the patent would cover what that. that. What does that mean? Covert? What, what? Oh, so so okay. So there's ASIC boost, which is the known implementation that was actually patented. But the ASIC boost that was described in the patent was an overt method. People could see you doing this. It was an optimization that was completely overt. So people could tell you were doing this. But why? All right, I don't get it. How can you even patent this? Like, how, how is this? I don't know. Like, it just seems like weird that you have this free, open, central, uh, decentralized system that has. You can patent patents. anything that'll get approved, man. It's, you, but you, you patent a process, right? <laughs> yeah. So, it's a process um, so what they do is they take software, um, you know, SHA two fifty six in this case, and then they they uh, they build hardware, application specific hardware to implement that software process, right? I'm using process in air quotes because I don't really believe in software patents. Neither do I. So um, that's how they can get away with sort of building chips out that are patented, right? They have these these patented processes that they go through. I do believe in in process patents, but not software We're, patents. Okay, but but this is a software patent because I heard this. Was, well, this all patents you can't pat you patent processes. Yeah, like you patent what they the call, ways of doing things, right? What they call software patents are really, they fall under the category of process patents. So um, you can patent a process or, or uh, uh, a new thing. And the criteria for patent is it has to be novel, which means it has to be new. Nobody has to have been done the thing that you're purporting to do. And it has to be useful. So those are, those are the criteria for, for getting a patent, at least in the U.S. And Jihan Wu is behind all of this. Well, no, I mean, he owns the patent for ASIC boost in Japan, or sorry, China. 
So he 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 is the guy who owns the rights to that. Don't, patent. Don't, doesn't China wipe their ass with? All they kinds do. Of patents they wipe. Anyway? They yeah. Patents are worthless in China. Yeah, so, so that's what I don't get. I mean, like it really doesn't saying, matter. I mean, I was want to say, does patent law in China? Whoever. Does patent <laughs> law in China affect U.S. and other countries? Uh, China, I don't know because the the treaties and agreements are kind of screwed up because China wipes their ass with patents basically. So uh, well, but, maybe not their own patents. Well, maybe no, patents. Yeah. yeah, it's just the U.S. patents. Well, see, that's the thing. all of our cars over there with different. Logos. That's the thing is it's very, very contentious because I don't know if we honor Chinese patents because they don't honor ours. Right. But with the rest of the world, China excluded China and where else? Uh, Russia. Uh, Russia does not honor patents as well. But the rest of the civilized world has patent treaties uh, and these patent treaties are enforced. So if you get a U.S. patent or you get a European patent then it's automatically patentable in any other country it transfers to for most okay, of the world. Okay, so you know, if we still had manufacturing ability like we still had foundries and whatnot, we could spin up um ASIC boost producing, you know, ASIC boost style chips here and uh go ahead and do that, but we don't have the cap- capability of manufacturing yeah. chips here anymore. Well, so somebody owns. No, somebody owns that. So so they own the Chinese they they license the Chinese okay. version of the patent. So, but somebody else owns it here in America. So, okay. I mean, we wouldn't produce it here anyway. So, wait, right. who's who's Bitmain or wait, who's licensing? Yeah, Bitmain owns the license in China for ASIC Boost, so they they do own it. But it's the the overt method of ASIC Boost that's explicitly patented, not the covert method that was described by Greg Maxwell. So, um, so you know, it's kind of a little gray area there. But, you know, in, in Jihan Wu's hardware supports the overt method. What he hasn't said and what Greg surmises, and, and unless somebody actually, you know, brought out a spectrometer and reverse engineered the hardware, it's going to be very difficult to prove um, the that they uh, those had those miners have been running ASIC boost covertly, although. It's hard to prove there's still a, a large amount of, of circumstantial evidence that points to the fact that they may have been doing that. One thing is they mine empty blocks. Occasionally they mine empty blocks when, you know, normally the case for mining empty blocks is you're within the window of validation of the last block and you continue mining because you don't want to include any transactions because you haven't validated the last block. So you don't know if it's included those transactions or not. And if you mine a transaction that's already been included in another block, Guess what? Yours is invalid. So you just start mining without any transactions until you verify the old block. Well, that's normally the case. But uh, what's been seen in ASIC boot, or sorry, in in, in Ant Pool, and, and I've seen some of these transactions myself, or you know, some of these blocks, is they've been completely empty blocks for up to five minutes after the last block was found. That shouldn't happen by any rational miner. It just shouldn't. Um, and the other thing is there's also been evidence pointed out of uh, irrational behavior in fee ordering, which is telltale sign of, of a covert uh, ASIC boost implementation as described by Maxwell. Because what you do is you play with the transactions that made it in in order to monkey with, you know, the way. So that essentially, you, it would be more beneficial for you to grab the transactions with the higher fees and because you didn't it's showing right because you can find a valid block with those transactions rather than you know the harder way of finding a valid block with any random transactions that's that's basically what and both things have appeared to have happened by ant pool 
um, you know, uh, some of the mind blocks by Ant Pool. Right, but all that's very circumstantial. Very circumstantial, but you know, wait, 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 it's there. Wait, wait, wait. I'm kind of confused. Were we talking about Bitmain or Ampool? Bitmain kind of owns Ampool. Oh, okay. So, are is Bitmain a mining pool as well as Bitmain? Ant- no, yeah. Bitmain. They're they're a, or is that a company? Bitmain's a company. They, they, manage, they make they mining equipment. Yeah. Okay, and they they do they that. they okay. run the, the gotcha. pool Ampool. All right, all right, cool. Uh, what was Jihan Wu the? All right, so. You know, it's weird. I look up Jihan Wu's picture, and it's not... I feel like I got him confused with... Uh, oh, you know who I'm thinking of? It was Chandler Guo or something. Oh, whatever. God, Chandler Guo. One million dollar. Doesn't he that do guy. a mining pool as well? Yeah, he was talking about doing one. His ICO failed. He didn't raise nearly enough money. What, what, what happened to his ICO? He was trying to raise enough for a 3% hash rate, and he only raised like, you know, $160,000 or some shit, and so he refunded everybody's money. Oh, what was he trying to raise money through? Yeah, and he was a it was a coin, you know, crowd sale ICO coin. Yeah, for, but but what do you send him? Bitcoin, Ethereum? Like what? I don't know. Okay, so so it's, it's so Chandler Guo never took off with his. No, he was pool. trying to open a open a mining pool and he couldn't. Okay, all right. Well, I I was curious about him. Thanks for the update. One million dollar. <laughs> Where's that from? That's Chandler Guo. That's his Ch- like famous. So, so Chandler, dude, he was so drunk in Miami. Wow. So so we're at the <laughs> Miami party and Chandler Guo is. Kind of being real rowdy around everybody, and he was just screaming one million Bitcoin, one million dollar. That was his theme for the weekend. <laughs> he was, was screaming just... one million dollar. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, said yeah. The price Bitcoin price one million dollar. <laughs> you know? Is that is that an impression that he actually? No, that was him. That was like what he said. No, yeah, he like was, he was real drunk, he and he was, was. This was like a party. Well, the next day when so, he was sober, so he said it too. At the <laughs> Yeah, let me, let he's me, like let me, Bitcoin now ten thousand dollars. Bitcoin now a hundred thousand dollars. This is him up on a panel. Oh really? Everybody. Yeah, this is he's a like panel. Bitcoin one million. It, like everyone started like a, a clapping and applauding. And I was like, oh man, I feel like so one coinish right now. Like, yeah. So he pulled like a Max Kaiser, where he's just like <laughs> basically, yeah. He's like, they're all criminals. <laughs> criminals. <laughs> well, not quite. He just was getting people hyped on the okay on on the price, but. I thought you were going to say he's the guy from, like, people think of China call, Bitcoin ban. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like that. Oh, yeah, the South Park sketch. That's a classic. I was like, I don't know if that flies, like, with the social social justice warriors, you know. I uh, So, oh, by the way, anyone who's listening and for you, too, um, I made a website, which I haven't really added to much, or else, uh, idealblocksize.com, because... Um, I'm giving this uh, talk, and I wanted to have something where people could mess with. Like, okay, if I make uh, the blocks, I like those sliders. If I make, if I if I make the blocks like this big, if I make like you know they're they're at eighty, they're at ninety percent capacity on average. I'm sure. Know, I'm sure they would you, love it if they could see it. No, I'm, I'm all I'm saying. Idealblocksize.com. Uh, please give me feedback on that. I'm going to be adding more stuff to this. Uh, like you know, like hardware costs and space on average, blah blah blah. But you know, yeah, cool. You know. All right. Oh, and and a shout out to Jay with uh Bit Devs, uh, New York Bit Devs. This guy's awesome. Like uh, I, I do. Do you know who that is? He so he runs probably one of the better meetups in the U.S. Um, but but it's it, he's he's a cool guy. Um. I, I reach out to him because he's he's pretty technical and he, you know he's a little bit opinionated and whatnot and uh, I'll I'll um 
I'll reach out to him and ask him like, "Hey, uh, can we talk for like twenty minutes?" Twenty minutes becomes like two hours. I'm like, "Oh, that's the way that goes." <laughs> yeah, especially if anybody so, gives a shit about Bitcoin, it's like it's hard <laughs> to shut us up. Yeah, so shout out to Jay for helping me walk through like some random stuff like pay to script hash and whatnot. And, oh, cool. Yeah, so, so he, he was real helpful with uh, walking through some of these concepts. Bit sixteen represent. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm. Does anyone else have any? Thing they want to talk about, or I think that's it probably it for tonight. So, Mike, I think the nonce has been found, and our blocks are full again. Damn. I thought you were going to say our blocks have been UASF. No, no, they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for propagating, everybody. Bye. Bye.